All right. Three, two, one. Okay. It, it, it's funny because I never think there's a delay and then we do that and I realize there is. <laughs> I disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary. Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. I'm your hostess with the most, as you can call me, Rocky, and we have a very exciting guest on the show today. A very talented artist and friend, Flan. How's it going? I'm going, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm going a little insane because I watched the Sonic movie today. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only so much you can feel like a human being after watching the Sonic movie. It's very true. It's very true. It was a good, it, it was a very fitting film, to, I think, to be the last movie a lot of people saw before the pandemic. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that I didn't see it just before the pandemic. Just because I can't imagine just stewing on Jim Carrey gyrating in a van for like a year. Yeah, (laughs) just like, (laughs) just like, you know, a a really scary couple of weeks at home, just sort of ruminating on. (laughs) on He's in my room too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, um, You tell me you're going insane. I've prepared notes on uh, on every addition and revision to the Sonic lore. <laughs> oh, good. I have an article about Ken Penders open right now. <laughs> That's fucking right, baby. So, yes, we are talking about Sonic. Uh, the, the quick blue hedgehog on this episode. The thin blue line, as I call him. Oh, and we- no. <laughs> That is kind of the Sonic movie. <laughs> a little bit, but uh, we will uh, get into that real quick. We just have a little bit of our breaking news segment. Dun, 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 what's pulpin? And we are just going to briefly talk about uh, the new, the hit new game show on Peacock that they call Frogger. <laughs> Now, when you sent me that link, it could have been anything. Like you just, you see Frogger the show and anything could be contained with it. I was half expecting that it was going to somehow be like a film noir. Like I was just like, this, this could be anything. <laughs> Frogger, it, it, it really can. <laughs> what do you think about any kind of, when you think of a Frogger game, there's a very limited kind of scope of, of what that means, and you don't expect anything else to come from it. When you think of anything else being Frogger, it's just like... What it's like cool math games? games. That's all that can it come is. up in your head is cool math games. It is. And um, this, game sh- this game show definitely does not disappoint in terms of being... Uh, just just inscrutable and and un, unpredictable in a way. It is a game show that started airing on uh, September 9th. I have not watched a full episode. I have watched a clip. It's hosted by sportscaster Kyle Brandt and Damon Waynes Jr. Uh, um, and 
the idea there. I thought it was weird that it had two hosts, but then as I was watching it, I was like, oh yeah, Wipeout has two hosts. And this is just Wipeout with some kind of yeah with, with a little it's bit of gamers like, wipeout. It's gamers wipeout and uh, <laughs> it's gamers day out. And you know, I I, I think about cause because it's not unheard of for a video game to be turned into a game show. You have um, Carmen Sandiego. There was uh, the You Know Don't Jack game show in 2001. Mm-hmm. It was hosted by um, Paul Rubens playing a character named Troy Stevens. Uh, <laughs> and you also had the, um, the Candy Crush game show in 2017 hosted by Mario Lopez. <laughs> Which I feel like was wiped from my brain by some kind of act of mercy. <laughs> For like, sure, yeah. The, the the game show shit that they're doing right now in general, it's been, for the past, like, five years, they've just been really... It, it's really a space where anything can happen, you know, including uh, Wipeout Frogger hosted by Damon Waynes Jr. Yeah, because what I noticed is immediately I read the description on that trailer, mm-hmm. and it's it has the phrase... Audiences and contestants alike will be transported to a wild, whimsical Frogger world. <laughs> <laughs> you know the wild, whimsical world where of, of Frogger. <laughs> yeah, you know how we're about to do an entire podcast on the deep and extensive lore of Frogger? <laughs> like how much lore the and world building Frogger has. you cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes you fuck it up and don't do it right. The deep lore of Frogger. <laughs> The wild and whimsical world of like any freeway. Yeah. <laughs> you can visit that world anytime you like. So yeah, that's what's pulping this week. But you week. can never leave. You can never leave the the highway. Yeah, life is a highway. Um, oh life, shit! It's a lot like Frogger if you think about it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's at the end of the next feel good film that I end up watching. It's gonna be life. It's a lot like Frogger. <laughs> That that's the next adaptation of Frogger is the is the feel good movie of the summer. Um, <laughs> that's a Tetris movie. It's like it's like you you think of a horse movie and it's like that, but it's a frog. Oh, they said that all <laughs> that all Frogger was never gonna make it. He was he too rowdy. Never. He couldn't be ridden. <laughs> he couldn't be ridden. <laughs> but one Smurf is about to change those rules. <laughs> Oh man, Frogger the Big Red Frog. Um, <laughs> that's what's popping this week. We're talking about Sonic. Um, I guess just before we get into the lore, and I have a little, I just prepared a little bit of history, but I think there's so much lore that we can kind of, you know, skip over the history. Um, but I guess just to get us into it, can you uh, tell us a little bit about about you and Fro- and Sonic? I was going to say Frogger. <laughs> No. Um, So I draw anthropomorphic art and like with many things, you need a license. And in order to get your license and part of the test, the first question is, at what age did you start caring about Sonic? Fuck you. We know you care about Sonic. Um, And the thing is that I'm sort of immune to a lot of the because the thing with Sonic is that I feel like in the same vein as you know, the Simpsons or whatever, it's the kind of thing where Sonic stopped being good when I stopped playing it. Like, that's generally, like, it's like, it was good when I was a kid, and now I played one of them and they're garbage. Like, but I grew up with the bad ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, 
because I heard Sonic was good, and I was like, Mom, for Christmas, I want a Sonic game. And she was like, okay, and she got me Sonic and the Secret Rings, which is like, what if he was in, in like, Arabian Nights for some reason? And it's, like, not good. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so I have no such sentimentality <laughs> about it, because it's always been bad. It's just, like, the characters are fun and shit like that, um, which means that the lore baffling baffling concepts to think about for more than a minute <laughs> boy howdy yeah i guess that um my background with sonic is um i not, not as in depth i don't think i've ever played a sonic game <laughs> i just um have been very aware of it through like first of all just sonic being a, like a, a household name and then just mm. be, beyond that from um you know watching gamers getting into <laughs> getting into the content that's out there of games uh famously uh uh <laughs> ego raptor has, has a lot of uh sonic oh, don't opinions. don't speak his name <laughs> a lot of deeply held sonic opinions that uh and i you know i was very into into game grumps when i was young and um uh <laughs> tragically yeah i feel like <laughs> when it comes to like liking people on the internet like during that era it was either they like loved sonic or they absolutely thought it was the worst thing to happen to humanity right um because it was like at that era where like every video game reviewer had their like dark persona who would be like you have to do it you have to review sonic 06 and they'd be like no <laughs> so like it's it's that sort of thing but um now now the bar just keeps moving because they keep making good and bad sonic games and the cycle keeps going it's like now you have to review sonic boom rise of lyric and they're like no <laughs> yeah it's very much like it feels like um that kind of era of sonic opinions was really formed by the content farming that came out of talking about sonic 06 more so than like yeah, you, you know, because people were just like, I like Sonic and I don't like the games now, but like it was mm -hmm. it was the the amount of content that could be generated from talking about modern Sonic games that led to the impression of Sonic as just like this um the, the this endlessly embarrassing uh franchise that just that just sort of like like the like the Simpson scene where Sideshow Bob keeps stepping on rakes, you know, and he mm -hmm. turns around and there's another rake there. <laughs> that that's the impression of of the Sonic uh franchise that I think is is very deeply held. Yeah, it's it's definitely like I'll put it the, the screenshot of someone getting their video demonetized about Sonic Adventure 2 because as controversial. Like mm -hmm. it's just you can't talk about any Sonic game with like a couple rare exceptions and have it not be like a bloodbath because no one agrees on anything other than Sonic Adventure 1 is probably very good, probably. Um, Sonic Mania is probably very good. And then everything else is a bloodbath. <laughs> right, absolutely. So we, we can get into the lore here. Um, I think just a, a brief little bit about like where Sonic came from. Um, Sega wanted to compete with Nintendo and Nintendo was like, Nintendo didn't even consider Sega a competitor. There's a, there, there's a, a quote with, you know, some, some higher up at Nintendo talking about how like TurboGrafx-16 is the only thing they're worried about and they're not even really worried about that. Mm -hmm. And so, and so Sega has this sort of cycle of bringing on new, well, Sega of America is bringing on 
a new CEO and it's uh, and, and it's Michael Katz and he's like, I want to aggressively target um, Nintendo and and, you know, he does this Genesis does what Nintendo don't uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, at the same time, the, you know, the Sega HQ in Japan is having this internal contest to figure out a new mascot to compete with Mario. And there's this, um, you know, their initial mascot for the Genesis era was Alex Kidd. And he's no one remembers <laughs> like he's in like the racing game and that's all you got. And then they, yeah. I remember that originally it was supposed to be like Robotnik, which is such a dark timeline that Robotnik was supposed to be the mascot to compete with <laughs> Mario. Just like two kind of pudgy dudes battling it out. Because for... the thing with Alex Kidd is that, you know, people thought he was too much like Mario. So they had the, the, this 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 internal competition to come up with mascots. And um, Naoto Oshima, uh, one of the designers who was working there, came up with a bunch of them. There was a dog and a rabbit and an armadillo and a caricature of Teddy Roosevelt in pajamas who became uh, Eggman. And uh, and also a hedgehog, a spiky teal hedgehog named Mr. Hedgehog, which is sometimes mistranslated as Mr. Needlemouse for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it's, that sounds like a weapon in Halo or something. It's really good. Yeah. And um, what happened was Oshima went to New York and he on a trip and he brought some of these designs with him and he would just ask like random passers by at Central Park, which ones they liked. And <laughs> to just that <laughs> in that informal poll, uh, Sonic was the winner. And um, his quote is that um, it, quote, transcends race and gender and things like that. Yeah, because that's the first thing I think when I see Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> is really crossing those lines. Crossing those, I mean, you know, there's there's something, there's something about him. He's, there's he, something about him. Something he's got about no that. gender. He's got no gender, no race, and I, well, he's got a lot of races. But oh no, he's always racing. But um. Yeah, uh, at this time, the game was already starting to be developed and they were using this rabbit who would like uh, grasp objects with its prehensile ears, but they decided that the technology wasn't really there to like do that yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, they 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 moved forward with the hedgehog uh, with Sonic and there was this, uh, this, this dot matrix tech demo that Yuji Naka did. He's, you know, the creator of Balan Wonderworld, as we all know, and he <laughs> and he 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 made this thing where it uses a dot matrix to allow a sprite to move smooth, smoothly along a curve, and so that combined with the the hedgehog model sort of formed the basis for Sonic. According to Oshima, the name Sonic was chosen because it represents speed. Um, we don't really know when or if there were other names like they they, they do. We, we they, they were very. I love all of the like bullshit excuses they come up with like for all of those like because kirby they were like yeah it's kind of funny isn't it because like you would expect (laughs) it to be a a soft name because he's a little ball but nah we thought it would be funny if we made it like hard concerts it's like what the (laughs) we named him sonic because he go fast it seems like the the uh shoes were kind of based around like Michael Jackson and the bad cover and just the the kind of color schemes there his personality was based on Bill Clinton <laughs> 
psychic damage of a sentence. And for his enemy, they took this Teddy Roosevelt design. It really just seems like everyone in that team really liked the Teddy Roosevelt character because they were like, we have to use him somewhere. <laughs> and then they made him evil. And then they made him Jim Carrey. But they, um, they made him evil and later made him Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's it's there's something about Sonic as like a competitor to Mario that I think is really funny. Mm-hmm. Just as like a prelude to going into the lore, because uh Mario doesn't have lore like at all. Like there is <laughs> nothing there. I love Mario. I personally I like I know more about Mario than I know about Sonic. But there's nothing there. Like it's just yeah. a dude saves girl from dragon 18,000 times. Meanwhile, Sonic's like I was hardened in the wars of <laughs> it's like whoa, okay. Even though there are things that happen in Mario games and there are like different characters and worlds that we see throughout them, it never like reaches the point of like like usually things are just kept in one game and you know there's a basic thing that's always returned to of like of like Bowser took the princess, you know, <laughs> and there are there, there's just a little more control over it, I feel like. Yeah, especially now it's like uh at least I know the Mario design philosophy because of Paper Mario, which caused a lot of controversy, was that um, the team isn't allowed to make named uh, characters anymore that aren't like their own species. Like you can't have a Babom that's named like anything other than just me. Oh, I'm Babom. Like right. <laughs> you're not allowed to do that anymore. Like oh, I'm just Red Toad. Like you can't do that shit anymore. Meanwhile, Sonic has 18 million friends, it's which true. no one can ever hope to keep up with. <laughs> it's true. Uh, speaking on the matter of consistency, we can start to start to get into it here. The um, the initial problem was that uh, Sega of America was delivered the game, and not any like outside <laughs> narrative stuff of like what they were thinking it's about in Japan. They just had what was textually in the game, which is you know, Hedgehog, uh, Doctor Robotnik traps animals in robots and metal caps actually in japan he was always named eggman it was a it was an it was a u.s thing to change his name to robotnik and that's that's one of the many areas where there's just a lack of communication there again it's the same as princess toadstool for so long confusing the hell out of everyone in in the world where it was dr toadstool (laughs) princess robotnik um, yeah, Princess Robotnik. Um, they developed their own, Sega of America made their own internal document, the Sonic Bible, to just establish a definitive Sonic backstory outside of Japan. And uh, and uh, Dean Sitton. And he's all who, American. <laughs> yeah, Dean Sitton, who's the guy who um, came up with the name Robotnik, actually, uh, was on this Sonic Retro forum in 2009, and he talked about this Bible, and then later another person on that forum uh, named Nemesis bought the Bible off of him and posted it. And so that's where we have uh, these versions of the Sonic Bible. The initial one, which was discussed in depth by Brian David Gilbert, um, Sonic, real name Sonny, is a regular hedgehog who lives on Earth in the early 21st century. <laughs> As, as you do. As you do. He lives in Hardy, Nebraska with his mother and sisters. He inherited his natural speed from his deceased father. Uh, he joins a track and field team, wins a number of awards, goes into hibernation for the winter, accidentally discovered by Dr. Ovi Kintobor, a, a scientist searching for the Gray Emerald. Uh, Kintobor uses a device called the Lingua Scramblerum to allow Sonic to speak English, takes him on as an assistant, 
while he searches for the Chaos Emeralds in order to reverse the Earth's pollution. Uh, one day while running on a treadmill, Sonic reaches the speed of light, causing him to turn blue, <laughs> as, as you do. As all planes. This is why we can't build any stealth jets <laughs> worth shit, because they all keep going too fast and turning blue. <laughs> it's true. It's at this point that he's renamed Sonic, um, and he discovers that Kintobor has used a machine made of gold rings called the Reverse Quantum Bioformulator to condense all the world's evil into six emeralds, the Chaos Emeralds, which are stored in a lead-lined cabinet. Uh, he explains that the emeralds, like I said, could end all evil and pollution in the world if they were stabilized with, with the, by the Gray Emerald, which is what he's searching for, or they could double the amount of pollution and evil in the world. <laughs> If this deal or no deal as like <laughs> double your offer yep and at this exact moment a beam of radiation <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you believe it god knows where penetrates the earth's surface it powers on the machine it hits dr kintobor the chaos emeralds and a half-eaten egg that happens to be nearby um, and so Kintobor is transformed into the evil Dr. Ivo Robotnik. Sonic grabs as many rings as he can and flees the scene. Trying to part, like everything happens so much in like the last little bit of that, because it starts <laughs> off bad that this, this esteemed doctor just picks up this really fast hedgehog on the side of the road and just goes, yeah, fuck it. Puts it on a <laughs> treadmill, teaches it how to speak English. And then gets turned, it gets the flied with a fucking half eaten hard boiled egg. With an egg, yeah. It, <laughs> there's so much. Don't come near me, I might hurt you, becomes an egg. Becomes a fucking egg. There's so like, because none of this was, I mean, parts of it were kind of used in, in, in later things, but there's just like the fact that all this stuff about it being in Nebraska and he's, he's a, he's a regular hedgehog and then there's just so much stuff that just like, like, why did they come up with that? I think it's also funny that like the only thing that I've heard from that that gets used outside of the Sonic Bible is he was just a normal guy named Kintobor that got yeah. like scrambled and like became the evil guy. It's true. Because I, I'm really glad because there are the cartoons and shit. And I'm so glad I didn't have to witness like an interrupt series. Like I'm Sonic. I go to track and field, even though I'm a normal <laughs> hedgehog that can't speak English. <laughs> just a silent, like Pixar ass, you know, first 15 minutes of a Sonic program where it's just a hedgehog uh running around <laughs> oh hey you knew the track and field team just horrid squeaking noises like just, <laughs> it's just a hedgehog he wins awards in track and field as a hedgehog <laughs> this feels unfair like if i just let my pet dog go on the track yeah it's like it's like airbud there's no rule that says that a hedgehog can't play <laughs> So um, subsequent revisions to the Bible become the basis for the early Sonic canon, which is this loose term that's used to define basically the various, you know, Western Sonic things from before they, they kind of finally got together on it, where like the first promotional comic, uh, the French comic Sonic Adventures, the long running British series Sonic the Comic, and each publication gave it its own spin, but there's these recurring elements that show up. Sonic takes place on the planet Mobius. Sonic is an orphan who was raised by his animal friends, including Sally Acorn, Porker Lewis, Johnny Lightfoot, Tux Flicky, Joe Sushi, and Chirps. Uh, Sonic was originally brown and only became blue when he broke the sound barrier. 
Uh, Dr. Ivo Robotnik was once kindly scientist Ovik and Tobor transformed in an accident involving an egg. <laughs> Thank God they really they really latch onto the realism with Sonic having not been born blue. Otherwise, the other things like having Bunny Rabot, who has a really unfortunate given name for someone who's like half cyborg. Like I wouldn't have been able to believe that if Sonic had been born blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw this on the wiki and I don't know exactly where it came to be, but there's something that says that like that, that she was originally Rabo. It was just pronounced differently and it became Rabot when, when she Which is brutally mean. <laughs> it's pretty no Japanese media ever followed this, this this early Sonic backstory, nor did the two American Sonic animated series or the comic series published by Archie Comics, but the latter three, you know, incorporate certain elements. It's just like, in Japan, there was just a completely different Sonic lore that was just completely unrelated to this. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of stuff about how the fact that, like, early Sonic, which also bleeds into the shows a little bit, is so like i'm so cool in america but there's like no meat to it at all which is why like there's a lot of like weird sonic like catholic art right because there's nothing offensive about it he's like i'm cool and i'm a rebel but the most he does is like run really fast yeah they they did some stuff later on where they tried to make him kind of like punky or hip-hop or whatever and like you know like i said his his personality was based on bill clinton <laughs> yeah there's a real limit to what they were to what they actually put into him i don't know he's from nebraska not really but you know he's there wasn't really much to him for a while other than like i go fast and i'm cool because believe me i am sources trust me trust me look at me i got shoes i'm blue i have several friends that's right. Speaking of, uh, Sonic 2 in 1992 introduces Tails, Sonic's best friend, and Super Sonic, a yellow super-powered form Sonic takes on when he collects all the Chaos Emeralds. There's been a lot of speculation about what the relationship might be between Super Sonic and the Super Saiyan transformation in Dragon Ball. Uh, it's really complicated because Super Sonic was being developed at the time of the first game, and um, Super Saiyan first appears in, like late 1990 which is like while they were making the first game but super saiyan was also like not originally like the blonde thing happened a little later with that too so they there's there's no telling neither is a direct rip off of the other yeah it's probably just like they saw it halfway through production and like, yeah that's cool and leaned into it because i feel like that's still a thing with sonic now is that they're like oh that's on we'll just steal that like exactly <laughs> what, what do we have to lose it's true. And so um, that same year in 1992, the Sonic the Hedgehog manga debuts in Japan. This manga follows a hedgehog boy named Nikki who lives in Hedgehog Town with his mother, father, and sister and has the ability tra to transform into the superhero Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic, along with Tails and Charmy B, arrives to take on the villainous Dr. Eggman, but other than Tails, no one, not even Nikki himself, knows Sonic's true identity. <laughs> I think the funniest thing there is somehow the fact that the only other companion is Charmy. Charmy. A character that most people don't know exists. Charmy predates all the other <laughs> all the other Sonic friends by like two years. <laughs> Charmy is such an early addition, and it's probably the only reason that he's still around is because he was like the first one they thought of. Yeah, because he just 
you don't think about him. They, yeah. That's the other thing that is going to end up becoming a trend as this goes on, is that they keep adding more friends because they it's don't want to commit to adding lore to anyone. And so Chaotix is like the most downtrodden of the... <laughs> like every time you think about Charmy. They had not begun to think about Knuckles when they started having Charmy in <laughs> Oh, they they just were like, we need to have someone who's even more of a baby than Tails. Exactly. And that's all we know. That's it. And also, there's another baby in the Sonic manga. It's I didn't make a note of this, but Sonic has like a little fat hedgehog who's his friend. It's just really nice. I don't know. If you, if you look into the manga, you can find a little bit about that. But um, yeah, I find it so weird. I didn't like read the manga or anything, but I find it so weird that like Tails knows that Nikki is Sonic, but Nikki himself does not know. He's <laughs> like, like, nah, you're lying to me. Like, how does that even Get real. <laughs> he just blacks out. The manga introduces a number of other characters. It's the first appearance of Metal Sonic in the comic. He, Metal Sonic is very big, kind of a mech that's piloted by Eggman. Um, there's a lizard bully named Anton Veruca. It also introduces Sonic's girlfriend, Amy Rose, uh, and both Amy and Metal Sonic make their game debut in Sonic CD the next year. Amy's design and personality were based on Oshima's taste in women at the time. Which is <laughs> scary because she's like 10. <laughs> she's like, she's like younger than Sonic. Also, I, her yeah. design is very cute. Like, I understand why that didn't stick with it, but it, it's, it's very cute. It's just so... You look back on it now and it's like seeing a windbreaker with like the neon or like the pastel like pink and like it's so she's like the only character i feel like that's had like a major like no 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 like we need to change yeah (laughs) yeah they do like minor things with everyone but with amy they really they really you know gave it a few more tries there i feel like they gave a few more tries after just like people didn't love sonic cd (laughs) yeah So 1992 is also the year that the Archie Comics Sonic series launches. This comic takes place on Mobius, an alternate version of Earth where animals have evolved anthropomorphic traits. (laughs) And it's my personal hell. Speaks for itself. (laughs) Dr. Robotnik is the tyrannical ruler, having overthrown the kingdom of Acorn and established a dictatorship from Robot. Topolis, or maybe Robotropolis. It's Robotropolis and all the other things, but it might be Robotopolis here. Um, a small a small band of heroes, the Freedom Fighters, plot against Robotnik's regime from the remote village of Knothole. <laughs> well, it's not whole. <laughs> it, it ain't whole. Uh, among them are Sonic, Tails, Sonic's girlfriend, Princess Sally Acorn, Bunny Rabot, Antoine de Coulet, Rotor the Walrus, and Nicole, Sally's talking computer. Robotnik is aided by his bald nephew, Snively Robotnik. God, I hate Snively. <laughs> Snively. He looks like a cartoon worm. He looks like... <laughs> He's so bad. I would like to see him come back. <laughs> Just be... I want to like, see bad sucks. 3D Snively. Yeah, he sucks, but we... <laughs> Just like... I don't know... Sonic Boom timeline, or just uh, whatever the next thing is with the timeline, just be like, and here's a robotic has a shitty nephew again. <laughs> just in case, but now he's like, like all of the other Sonic characters, now he's like JoJo proportion jacked, but he still has a little <laughs> worm head. Just, just a big ass worm. Uh, worm sucks. of a man. With the weird little hairs coming out, he's terrible. <laughs> oh, bad. Especially in the 3D model, oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the 3D, like, Rugrats. 
Yeah, I will say though that you've you've made a greater sell of the Archie comics than actually exists, which is that I'm I have this tab open and I am being forced to look at the worst off-model drawing of Knuckles the Echidna I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Um because most of the Archie comics that were under Ken Penders uh were about Knuckles for some reason. Because mm -hmm. apparently the reason for that is that Sega was like, no, 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 don't mess with Sonic. We have to sell things with that. But Knuckles isn't on the box of most things. So you can kind of do whatever. And so he went, bet, and then made this weird, like, Superman universe with Knuckles. <laughs> yeah, a little into the Archie comics, um, Ken Penders sort of takes it and <laughs> he takes it and runs with it. And um, I feel like Ken Penders is one of the figures that really impedes the the many attempts to try and like scale down <laughs> what the Sonic universe is, because <laughs> he's always doing his own thing and you can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, he was just running away with it. There was like weird like war crimes happening. Eggman finally gets defeated and it's Knuckles that does it. Right. <laughs> like just everything happens so much and it's all Knuckles all the time and none of it makes any sense. And also for what I've heard, the women, yeah. the women in that writing are not very good. So I've heard. 1993, like I said, Sonic CD introduces Amy and Metal. Um, the UK comic, Sonic the Comic, starts that year. This this comic follows the early Sonic canon pretty closely, leading into the plots of the first two games, and a following storyline in which Sonic, Tails, and company are transported six months into the future and find that during their absence, Robotnik has conquered the planet. Um, if that sounds familiar, we'll get to it later, but that's also basically the plot of Sonic Forces, the most recent Sonic game. Uh-huh. <laughs> sort of funny to think about there's also uh the saturday morning cartoons we'll get we'll get into the two of them but we've got first sonic the hedgehog saturday morning cartoon produced by the french studio deke released in 1993 and this series the peaceful kingdom of acorn is overthrown by human scientist julian robotnik <laughs> oh he had an upgrade in the name too transforms the capital of Mobotropolis into Robotropolis and rules with an iron fist along with his bald nephew, Snively. Um, <laughs> and Sonic uses the power rings, which were invented by his Uncle Chuck before he was imprisoned by Robotnik to increase Uncle his powers. Uncle Chuck. Uncle Chuck Hedgehog, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So originally, Deke made a deal to produce this show for ABC. It was going to be more lighthearted, as you can see in like its pilot episode and some of the promotional stuff. But Deke approached ABC's head of programming with a plan to produce additional episodes for syndication, which is what they did with the real Ghostbusters. They had, um, uh, you know, the episodes that went up on the network and then they had additional episodes that were just for this syndication. ABC was not interested. The only plan ABC would agree to is a completely different Sonic cartoon to be produced in tandem with this one for syndication and Sonic the Hedgehog being on ABC. So D created another Sonic show, <laughs> The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, and made the just Sonic the Hedgehog show darker to differentiate between them. Uh, thankfully, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog has no plot, yeah, it's straight up saying it's a drug trip is a cheap cutout, but it does feel it feels like Ren and Stimpy, but someone left it out like they, they washed it in with the reds and it came out sort of yeah. muddled and like it's sort of evil. Yeah, and then there's like the Sonic Says segments and like 
kids don't get in the washing machine and you're like what was i gonna why does sonic need to tell me this it's no good <laughs> that's no good don't get in the washing machine and then turn it on and go spinning really fast like sonic that would be a bad idea that would be no good that would be no good <laughs> it's just funny that it's like all the same people making both of these shows though like jaleel white is is doing sonic and both of them like the same studio same animators <laughs> like like they, they just they were really invested in this one sonic show and they were told like we have to make another one and they were like fuck it man <laughs> yeah it's everything i mean it's already kind of cursed whenever i return to the era of jaleel white sonic because after his current characterization and like the way he's been voice acted for what feels like an eon like going back to like that's no good it feels <laughs> so like surreal like it feels like a it feels like a fan dub yeah <laughs> This is also kind of entering the era where like every other game company that no one cared about that wasn't Nintendo went like, yeah, I could do that shit. And instead of copying Mario, they were all copying Sonic. And mm. so you had everyone taking Jaleel White Sonic as the blueprint and making like Gex and shit. It's <laughs> true. They went, That's they looked right. at Jaleel White Sonic and went like, perfect. I'm just going to copy that and change the species yeah. and it'll be fine. Conquer. <laughs> conquers its own bad forgotten object forgotten uh 1993 also crucially gives us dr robotnik's mean bean machine <laughs> which is hilarious now because i know people who play like the series it's so it's just really funny to me that that's another case of just like an, a game with its own full lore and like rpg yeah. content and then they were like Americans can't read. Let's just make Let's it just make Robotnik it Sonic, from the yeah. cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Sonic. Let's make it Robotnik from the cartoon. Right. Well, the player character has been, has to save the citizens of Beanville from, <laughs> from you know, from as Robotnik. one does. Yeah, from his mean bean machine. <laughs> Which feels like a Dr. Seuss book. It's really good. Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine. Yeah. Yeah, duh. Didn't That's you read his number that? one invention. If you were a real <laughs> fan, you'd know. Yeah, it, it's it. That's Sonic what he Adventure used to kill too. Sally Acorn's uncle. I don't know. <laughs> it's in it's it's in the Sonic Universe tie-in comic. They the Mean Beat Machine. <laughs> yeah, it's in the tie-in comic that was only in boxes of Cookie Crisp from like right. March to June. You're a real fan, draw me the mean bean machine right now. <laughs> I don't, the machine isn't even in the game. It's just, it's, it's Puyo Puyo. Like there's no. <laughs> it's straight up just Puyo Puyo. It's just that they saw like the, the, the night in Puyo Puyo that says nothing but sex jokes and meant maybe American audiences aren't ready for this yet. And they put Robotnik in instead. A too challenging. <laughs> this is some challenging content. <laughs> 1994 gave us Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Uh, originally planned as a single game, it was split in two because of the increasingly unwieldy production schedule leading to the development of an adapter to insert the end Knuckles cartridge into the Sonic 3 cartridge. Yeah, I watched something on that recently and it was really funny because he's like, no emulation of the game lets you do this. And that, like every official re-release of the game won't let you do that. And so there's no like save function in the first one because that was added in the second one a bunch of other weird shit so it's just like they're permanently been re-releasing the bad version of the game ever since then 
Knuckles was originally conceived as a new rival for Sonic with the ability to break walls, a Jamaican accent originally. Um, in the game, he's tricked by Robotnik into believing that Sonic has to steal the Master Emerald, which his tribe has guarded for generations. This whole thing with Knuckles being like the last the, the last living echidna and having this tribe that guards the, the like that's something that stays pretty much to this day. Uh, they don't really talk about it anymore, but it's still <laughs> but it's still there. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's 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 a problem of it being flanderized down to hell, but, like, at mm -hmm. the time, that was, like, a big part of Knuckles' this whole thing for, like, all the way up through, like, the beginning of the 3D shit. Like, it was like, no, he's the stalwart guardian of whatever, and now he's, like, the idiot. <laughs> exactly. So here's the fun thing. Sonic 3's soundtrack was originally planned to be composed by Michael Jackson. Yeah. They kind of kept doing that. Sega loved Michael Jackson. They like, loved Sega the as guy. a company couldn't get enough of the guy. I don't just, know. Just, I just <laughs> I I just think about him in Space Channel 5 where they just yeah. he just appears and just like, look, Space Michael. And everyone's like, oh yeah, Space Michael. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Space, Space Michael. Michael. Here's the story. Michael Jackson was A, a fan of Sonic, and B, had previously collaborated with Sega on the Moonwalker game, which was part of uh, Michael Katz's strategy when he was CEO of doing like, we can't get the arcade tie-in, so let's just get celebrities to make games. And so that that was the um, that was Michael's first involvement with Sega. Uh, he and his crew supposedly recorded the entire soundtrack over the course of three weeks in Los Angeles. Um, and then in August of 1993, news broke of Jackson's alleged sexual abuse of 13-year-old Jordy Chandler. Um, Oshima and several others say that these allegations are what caused Sega to <laughs> just get, get yeah. him out of there just get him out of there um several people involved claim that the actual soundtrack of the game contains many elements of michael jackson's score uh while others including tom kalinsky continue to deny that jackson was ever involved at all <laughs> but space michael still happens so it's okay <laughs> yeah nevertheless jackson went on to collaborate with sega once again in the space Channel the series of games nevertheless michael jackson persisted to work with sega <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, based on reading everyone's account i think that some of the sonic 3 soundtrack is what michael jackson made for it like it definitely seems like they still use this stuff and they just took his name off of it yeah or like they changed it just enough it's great value michael jackson composition exactly also in 1994, Sega signed a deal with MGM to produce a live-action animated hybrid Sonic movie to tie in with the forthcoming Sega Saturn game Sonic Extreme. Screenwriter Richard Jeffries produced a treatment in which Sonic escaped to our world and teamed up with a human boy to stop Eggman. But the pitch was rejected by MGM. He went to DreamWorks, they rejected it too, and both the movie and the game were never released. <laughs> Well, it was. It's just that boy grew up and became a cop, and now I had to watch Jim Carrey gyrate for an hour. <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, we'll get into it. I'm just saying that boy just grew up. The, it's, yeah, he... What if it, and that and that boy was Albert. No, it was just the same guy. They kept him. And for the that boy was the James Marsden. <laughs> 1995 sees the release of the Knuckles spinoff game Chaotix, which revolves around Robotnik and Metal Sonic's pursuit of the Chaos Rings which are totally different from the Chaos Emeralds. Because they had to get that B back in there somewhere. There's a, another really recurring thing is that there will be a lot of games where they're like, we can't do the Chaos Emeralds every time. So let's do the... Something. <laughs> the Chaos... K 
kids meal the chaos whatever the, like, the sol emeralds the something else emeralds like they just, <laughs> they just, it's it's wild and so yeah that game has a host of new characters brings back charmy introduces espio vector heavy mighty the armadillo who was also who a was also one of the oshima designs um from from the original contest and, and B, B was publicly executed and never heard from again. <laughs> he was. He also originally appeared in the Sega Sonic arcade game in 93. But yeah, uh, he was he was summarily executed shortly thereafter. <laughs> <laughs> it should also be noted that this 95 was the first year that Sega did not outsell Nintendo after they like, you know, did the whole Genesis, Genesis with Nintendo Genesis thing. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they would when their best thing that they could put out was like chaotix yeah they were really really struggling and part of that i think was the that sonic extreme was like they, they were having trouble with it already and like it, it would get canceled a year later but they were just like you know trying to get a trying to get a saturn game with sonic and it just out there and they, and they really struggled to do that yeah they were this is when i think just from a game design perspective they just kind of went like huh we made him go fast. <laughs> we made another guy go fast, and he can punch too. Uh, what else? <laughs> what else what can else? we do? What else is there? <laughs> yeah, just sort of. We can make him play pinball. We can give him a mean bean machine. Um, exactly. We can make him play like mahjong. I don't know. <laughs> and the next game in '96 is Sonic 3D Blast. Uh, the first fully 3D Sonic game, incorporating elements of Sonic 3's 3D special stages, the puzzle game Sonic Labyrinth, and uh, Sonic Extreme, which had been canceled by this point. It was intended as a swan song for the Genesis. In the end, the last game released for the Genesis in 1998 was Frogger. <laughs> oh, it's all coming back in a full circle. In a full circle kind of way with so much more to go. Oh, <laughs> no. And then Frogger is the... <laughs> It all comes back to Frogger. So in this game, Robotnik discovers a species of teleporting birds from another dimension called Flickies. Um, and I just wanted to be put out there that the that the Flickies predates Sonic himself by like seven years. Um, Sega released an arcade game in 1984 called Flicky, uh, in which a flightless bluebird named Flicky must collect small yellow birds called chirps who follow her around in a straight line while avoiding two enemy types, house cats and iguanas. Um, it was created to compete with the Namco mouse cop game, Mappy. Um, the game and the bird were originally going to be named Busty, but Sega of America asked Whoa. them to change it. <laughs> they really almost released a game about Busty chicks to arcades all across America. All across America. The Busties from, from Sonic 3D Blast, you remember? <laughs> Yeah, and this, of course, them getting merged really disappointed all five deep, deep-seated Flicky fans. Oh, I'm sure. So, you know, Flicky was like just, it was just like an Easter egg thing. It was like something that Sega had. And so in the early Sonic games, they would have like an Easter egg where like Flicky shows up in the background or is on the spinning sign thing at the end of the level. And then eventually they were like, let's just put Flicky in the game. <laughs> they yeah. Did. So uh, 1996 also sees uh, the first Sonic fighting game, Sonic Championship, featuring a number of characters from previous games, including Fang the Sniper, who appears in 1994's Triple Trouble, as well as original characters Bean the Dynamite and Bark the Polar Bear. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Fang is also another one that got 
publicly executed. Like. Yeah. You would you would think that being the dynamite and Bark the Polar Bear would be the same way, but you would be mistaken. <laughs> no, they just left. They just finished their contracts, but it was Mighty and Fang that got put to death publicly. It's true. It's true. They uh, committed crimes against the state. So treason. the Japanese animation company PRO releases the two-part anime Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Um, and, and just to get us into the film, I'm going to start with the first line of the synopsis from Wikipedia. Sonic is vacationing on the beach with Miles Tails Prower when Old Man Owl arrives with a message from the president. <laughs> <laughs> the problem that I think that I have with this is that something deep in like the innocent, naive part of my soul wants to be like, oh yeah, this is just kind of the weird shit that happened back then. And then I remember the scene in Shadow the Hedgehog where the president picks up a framed photo of Sonic and Shadow <laughs> off his desk. And, like this shit has never stopped. Like the president, no matter what the media is, just keeps assailing Sonic the Hedgehog with requests. <laughs> it's because they realize how much he's like Bill Clinton and they just can't get enough of him. Exactly. This film takes place in Sonic in Planet Freedom, which is split into two distinct realms, the land of the sky and the land of darkness. The land of the sky is made up of floating continents connected to the planet's surface by a massive ice formation, while the land of darkness is a post-apocalyptic wilderness where Dr. Eggman is the sole inhabitant. It's strongly implied that Planet Freedom is Earth and the crumbling city Eggman calls home is a post-apocalypse New York City. <laughs> oh, and he just... And he just lives in fucked up New York. That's what made him that way. <laughs> That's how he got to be like he is. So Sonic visits the president's office to discover that Eggman has taken the president and his daughter Sarah hostage. Here are the first three lines from Sarah's page on the Sonic wiki. Uh-oh. Sarah is a character in Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. She is the daughter of the president. The next section, appearance. Sarah appears to be something of a cat girl. <laughs> First e-girl representation <laughs> in good old Sonic media. Yeah, um, the word cat girl on that page links to the Wikipedia page for cat girl. <laughs> oh, thank God. Without outside information, I never would have figured out what a cat girl was. Thank God Wikipedia has a page to tell me in full-sighted detail. Yeah, I learned I learned from the Wikipedia article that the that the earliest examples of cat girls appeared in the 1700s. <laughs> oh no. That was that's when this that was her ancestor. That's the Sonic cat girl's ancestor. Direct lineage. The, the way that everyone in Sonic has like an ancestor and a descendant from like, like Sarah descends from the first cat girl. Sarah descends into hell along with most of the early Sonic along media. Along with Fang the Sniper, yeah. <laughs> but she wasn't executed. She just went to hell. She wasn't yeah, confirmed. She, so Robotnik explains that he's been exiled from his homeland by a mecha named Metal Robotnik, Black Eggman in the original Japanese, and asks Sonic to go save his world. Unbeknownst to Sonic and crew, Black Eggman is actually just being controlled by Eggman himself. Yeah, that's always a sad little moment in translation failure. Yeah. Is that Black doesn't hold that connotation and oh no, oh Eggman, no. <laughs> Black Eggman, I'd like to see that. That's what Idris should have done. <laughs> yeah, instead of a... Uh, instead of what he's gonna do, which we really don't know. I think what, uh, that they, they still have that character, but they only pull him out for, like, the sports games. Mm -hmm. But he's just Eggman Nega. He still exists. 
Yeah, well, Nega Nega is a different thing. There's there's a there's a sort of Robo Robotnik, and there's Nega comes into the games in a really interesting way that we'll get God, into. God, I hate. God, I hate. Without a major Sonic title, thanks to Extreme's cancellation, the Sega Saturn was a flop that set both Sega and the Sonic brand back a ways. And while Sega Technical Institute was working on Extreme, Sonic Team was creating an original game, Nights into Dreams. And during that process, uh, designer Takashi Azuka proposed a Sonic RPG with an emphasis on storytelling. Developed as a launch title for the Dreamcast, it was one of, it, it was, the, we're talking about Sonic Adventure. Uh, it was... Yeah, let's tell a story. One of the largest video games produced at the time, a team of 60 people working on it. Um, Izuka led the team and he saw the game, among other things, as an opportunity to consolidate this already out of hand Sonic lore. <laughs> and just, you know, there's this fundamental problem that goes all the way back to the Sonic Bible, just that the lore got away from them in, at Sega of America and there was no communication between like the, the various Sonic lores in America and Europe and the various Sonic lores coming out of Japan. <laughs> no, absolutely no communication. And then Sonic Adventure comes in to swoop in and save the day by introducing the fantastic new technology of the worst 3D rendered faces you've ever seen in your life or will ever see again. <laughs> it's really something. Watch out, you're gonna crash. Ah! <laughs> Among the things that are sort of fixed in this game, uh, it introduces U.S. audiences to the name Eggman by having Sonic call him that as an insult in their first encounter. Um, (laughs) There's actually, this is where we get into it. So the Archie comic also sets up a workaround for the Eggman thing. In issue 50, Robotnik dies. (laughs) And is supplanted. In issue 50, Robotnik dies. (laughs) He's, he's replaced by an alternate version of himself from a parallel world, originally dubbed Robo-Robotnik. Ultimately, he takes on the alias Dr. Eggman. They had to pull in another one. They didn't have enough egg- in, 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 in In issue 50 of Batman, the Joker just fucking dies, and they brought in Omega Joker from the Dark Timeline. <laughs> exactly. Sonic Adventure also... They avoid calling Tails Miles because in Japan everyone would, was just calling him Miles. <laughs> oh my god! So in Japan they were explicitly trying to keep kids from having the um the horrid crisis that I as a ch- had as a child when it took me like six years of knowing Sonic things to realize that his name was a pun. Yeah, <laughs> and my whole world fell apart. <laughs> so among the new characters introduced in this game, Chaos, the Chow, Takal, Big the Cat. Froggy. Frogger. <laughs> Froggy. Frogger. This is where Fro- this is where Frogger comes into the lore. Seeking a new way to defeat Sonic, Eggman destroys the Master Emerald and releases the two entities trapped inside. An ancient echidna named Tikal and a monster named uh, a monstrous form of a creature named Chaos called Perfect Chaos. Um, Chaos sought to protect the Chow and the Chaos Emeralds. Knuckles, the last living echidna. This is the point where it it's like Knuckles is the last echidna. He sets out to repair the Master Emerald while Sonic and Tails work to stop Eggman. Eggman sends his robot Gamma to find Froggy, a frog that ate a Chaos Emerald. Froggy's owner, Big the Cat, is also searching for him. Amy, who is now a friend and no longer a love interest, is captured by Gamma after befriending a Flicky with one of the Chaos Emeralds. She also befriends Gamma, convinces him not to work for Eggman. Ultimately, Perfect Chaos is defeated by Supersonic. Regular Chaos retreats when he sees the Chow living peacefully. 
Yeah, two things. Number one, I'm pretty sure that like Gamma just like dies. <laughs> like I'm 99% sure that Robert Benson, he just like dies. Um, that's why it's Omega and all the other ones. It's like his brother, right. um, yeah. <laughs> effectively. But like the other thing is that I love Big the Cat because along this this sort of bit of public execution, Big the Cat still exists, mm-hmm. but his original voice actor wants to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> this is my favorite piece of Sonic trivia ever, which is that it's I'm terrible with names, but it's the same guy who voices Duke Nukem, and he was like. I hated voicing this stupid cat so much that I intentionally forgot how to do that voice. I wish like, harm upon this cat. I wish nothing good to happen to this cat. And ever since, he's just kind of sat in the background of games. Like he'll just be like a T-posed model somewhere. Yeah, he's like kind he's, of a, he's alive, but at what cost? He's, he's kind of a got a scarlet letter thing going on where everyone's like, every, like everyone's mean to him and he's not allowed to do anything. <laughs> They took his vocal cords out. He can't speak anymore. It's this horrible type of I have no mouth, but I must scream. Exactly. Just a nightmare world that Big the Cat lives in now. Also, just I feel like Sonic Adventure in general just set this really weird precedent for the tone of Sonic games. It's true. (laughs) It it, it enters into this era of every Sonic game has to have like there's there's some crazy stuff in the lore beforehand, but with this, it's like there has to be some like old god at the center of the world who, who Eggman it really, revives. It follows the JRPG rule of like every bo- every final boss must be your dad god or your dad who is god. Like it feels exactly. like every Sonic game after Sonic Adventure like it's following that rule. It's never Sonic's dad but it's always like god or like some someone who is somehow related to one of the cast who like is god and it's terrifying. Yeah, it would be interesting to to, to see Sonic's dad uh, at some point of view. It's funny how like in these early things, a lot of the American ones are like Sonic has has a has a mom or a sister or something, and pretty much the on the from the Japanese side, it's always Sonic has zero family. He just has his friends. I think this is also the era where that starts to become sort of apparent, just because like you try to they have all this lore like there's there's like. They have the government structure, they have this sort of like pseudo earth world, but then you're like, hey, where does Sonic come from? And like right. someone like chloroforms you and sticks you in a closet and locks you there for asking such a terrible question. Like you just, you like, does Sonic have like family? Where is he born? And they're just like, don't ask that kind of, don't ask questions. You're not prepared to learn the answers to. Even to the extent that like Sega will occasionally be like, this is this is how old he is or, or whatever. Like, we, there's nothing in the game that's like, here's how long he's been around. Here's what stage of his life he's in, <laughs> you know? Oh, I feel like we're going to get to that once we get to like the current era. Once we get to generations, oh, yeah. we start having fun. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't get me started. Because uh, I, will, I will gladly get there myself. Um, in 1999... Deke releases their third Sonic cartoon, Sonic Underground. Oh, God. In this series, Mobius is ruled by Queen Alina, who is overthrown by Robotnik and his henchmen, Sleet and Dingo. <laughs> Those are like the auto-generated <laughs> names when you make a new animal in Stardew Valley. It's like, Sleet, Dinko, is this your new chicken? <laughs> right, I'll send little Dinko right over to your farm right away. <laughs> 
The Oracle of Delphius delivers the queen a prophecy, telling her that she and her three children must be separated because they will one day reunite to form the Council of Four and overthrow Robotnik. Those three children are Sonic, Sonia, and Manic, all voiced by Jaleel White. Sonic Underground exists in a special sort of dark plane where it only pops through into our world as something that hits you when you wake up with a headache and you just hear in the backyard sonic underground and it's like oh shit again like that's the only place in culture that i think sonic underground has is just sort of like a dark forgotten memory that you can't place right they learn of the prophecy they scour mobius for their long lost mother the three siblings are given medallions by the oracle that also function as instruments for their rock band sonic underground Again, just like sort of like Sonic is cool. Trust me, guys, please trust me that he's cool. He has a guitar. This is a big moment of of just like Sonic needs to be cool. We got to bring in whatever cool thing is right now. What's cool in 1999? Uh, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get like some Elvis in here. I don't know. Screw it. Yeah, Buddy Holly. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how they got rid of Mighty. He died in a plane crash. It's true. <laughs> Sad. It's really tragic. Really tragic, yeah. With Weezer. The obituary in, really hurts. Yeah. In 2000, Sega releases the party game Sonic Shuffle. <laughs> oh, Which, yeah, they sure did. This is this is the the Sonic take on Mario Party, just a fun little game where, you know, you do your mini games and you go around a board. And here's the plot. The Sonic crew is transported to Imaginary World which a fairy named Lumina Flowlight explains is the realm of dreams powered by the perfect precious stone, which has been shattered to bits by a villain named Void. Yeah, this is a Sonic game. This is definitely a Sonic game and not the next Final Fantasy. This is A, a Sonic game and B, a Mario Party (laughs) ripoff. Yeah, the more I think about that, the more it hurts. At the end of the game, it's revealed that Lumina and Void are two halves of Illumina, the ruler of imaginary world, and that Void represents the emptiness from which dreams are formed. So that is Sonic's take on Mario Party. (laughs) Which they use again. Like, I feel like they've done that plot more than once. Things about it sort of come back. We don't really see Lumina or Imaginary World again, but like oh, the ideas most there. Are not. Definitely- no, that's it. I'm just saying that we're gonna I I know a game that's gonna come up that has the same plot. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's not Mario Party. Exactly. So for some reason they did put Mario Party in another mainline game. They were just like, let's put a Mario Party mode in it, I guess. Sure, ship it. Which one is that? Uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings, my first one as a child, which I had more fun playing the Mario Party knockoff than I did playing the actual game. We will get into that. Sonic Adventure 2 introduces many new elements in Sonic Universe, including two new villains, Shadow the Hedgehog and Rouge the Bat. Oh, and it's so many arguments. So many arguments that this game also introduced. It's true. It introduced a lot of discourse as well. Introducing Um, discourse, the new feature. It's like it's like the funky mode on the on the Donkey Kong disc, but it's discourse mode. I sure wish it didn't, but I I think as soon as they added bat tits, I feel like at that point they knew that something was going to happen. 
They crossed a line. So um, this is also the game that really introduces the uh, Guardian Units of Nations or GUN, a global military force that it just sort of there's just there, there there's a new world order in Sonic, and that's just <laughs> that's just you're just gonna have to deal with that. Yeah, that, and again, the recursion of just like the recurring nature of of the United States president who just right. keeps appearing and always looks a little bit like Bill Clinton. Exactly. Eggman breaks into a secret facility controlled by Gunn to steal a weapon described in the diaries of his grandfather, Gerald Robotnik. That's crucial because that is the moment where it's canonized that Robotnik is named Robotnik and was not formerly Kintobor. Mm-hmm. They just kind of threw that out. He no longer got like transformed in a horrid accident. In a, in a Cronenberg-esque incident with an egg. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is honestly terrifying. The weapon in question is a black hedgehog named Shadow, who um, agrees to help Eggman conquer the world because he was um, in this a prisoner in this space colony called Ark, and his only companion was a woman named Maria, who happens to be Eggman's cousin. Yeah, here, now here's the thing about Maria, is that it's when they added AIDS to the Sonic universe, canonically. <laughs> Which is yeah. terrifying. <laughs> like they were just like, that that's what they decided that they wanted to add so badly. Honestly. And so yeah, Shadow agrees to help Eggman and uh Rouge also teams up with Eggman, but she's actually spying for the government and it's a whole whole, you know, double agent thing. That's the lore stuff there is really Eggman, <laughs> Eggman's cousin Maria. <laughs> yeah, Eggman's cousin Maria, which uh is Shadow's only character trait for Sonic Adventure 2. Maria. Maria. <laughs> and people Because that's the him. thing about him. You know, no, people loved him. It's just that my favorite thing about it is that he has two character traits in Sonic Adventure 2, and it's Maria. And for some reason saying, I'm the coolest at the end of every stage. <laughs> it's, I'm the coolest. It's, it's really just like taking Sonic and being like, but what's cool in, in 2001? <laughs> you know, just a slightly advanced post-Matrix version. <laughs> if they the were post-Matrix, the post-Keanu world that Sonic was living in. If they were if they were designing Sonic after the Matrix came out, you would end up with Shadow. Yeah, and then uh not to steal your thunder, but then, you know, Sega got a bunch of mail and they went, and it was people saying, Can you give Sonic a gun? please for christmas please. can you give sonic a gun <laughs> and all of the developers were like no that sounds fucking stupid and then they were like please and they were like fine we know who will give a gun dear sega i've been a very good boy this year <laughs> dear sega shadow's been a very good boy this year and i think he should have a gun so before we get into that 2002 is also the year that uh, Ben Hurst, who is a um, writer on the comics or something, he consults Deke about doing an animated feature film continuation of the of the first Sonic the Hedgehog series. <laughs> Deke is interested. Sega is interested. But Ken Pender, <laughs> who's overseeing the but Archie Ken comics, Penders. <laughs> he he hears that this is going on. 
And he sort of he whispers in Sega's ear and says that uh, Ben Hurst is trying to is trying to take the Sonic franchise for himself, which Ken is definitely not trying to do. <laughs> Penders convinces Sega to not let Ben Hurst do a Sonic movie. Less than a year later, Ken Penders said, "Hey, I have a funny idea. Let's do an animated Sonic movie." <laughs> Except this time, it's got to have self-insert echidnas and daddy issues. Yeah, so he has this pitch for a Sonic movie titled Sonic Armageddon, which would act as an origin story for Sonic and tie together the loose ends of the franchise. Um, And it moves forward for a couple years until 2007, when in the wake of something... Sega just completely blows up and everything just got, it just gets lost in the shuffle there. Thank God that we didn't get the Ken Pender Sonic movie. <laughs> God damn. Because <laughs> that would have been a dark universe and I think it's better now that we have Ken Penders fighting for his fucking life. Exactly. So post-Sonic Adventure, um, the Sonic games are a little bit consistent for a little while. <laughs> Not long enough. Yeah, Sonic Heroes sees a lot of the craziness stripped back in favor of a simple story. Uh, Eggman threatens to destroy the world. A host of characters from various Sonic games team up to stop him, including Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, Rouge, Omega, a new robot in the spirit of Gamma from Sonic Adventure. <laughs> I mean, he's the Sonic Adventure 2 robot. Right. Like, So they, they literally immediately went like, eh, another one. Print another one. This is his cousin. <laughs> It's his cousin. Amy, Cream, who was first introduced in Sonic Advance 2, Big, SBO, Charmy, and Vector. Not much added there. I was going to say that I think it's like the first time that they do the the, the teams, because the teams mm-hmm. also stay consistent from that point on. Like Team Dark, like Son- or Shadow, Rouge, and Omega are always like this weird like trio of misfit anti-heroes. Like Amy is always with Cream, like if cream shows up anymore which she doesn't but like if she does it's with amy yeah it's like shadow and rouge were originally conceived as like new villains and part of the eggman team but now like they need more characters to go up against eggman and they're like let's put them on a team with someone else and then they made them deadpool like yeah uh sonic x new show comes out in 03 oh it sure is sonic and crew are transported to earth by chaos control and are taken in by the family of a 12 year old boy named chris thorndike the show features an expansion on cream's backstory season two follows a similar plot to sonic adventure uh that season ends with sonic returning to his home planet after two government physicists inform chris that mobius and earth were once they were one planet that got split into two, and now because the Sonic people are there, they're coming back together, and so they all need to leave before the, the they collide. And season three introduces a bunch of additional stuff, including evil robots called the Metarex, a plant girl named Cosmo, uh, Tails' spaceship, the Blue Typhoon, planet eggs, and the fact that time passes differently on Mobius relative to Earth, six years on Earth being six months on Mobius. <laughs> I was I, when I heard you say Cosmo Tails is I remember the fact that Cosmo is also like Tails' girlfriend like teased mm. not really which is also really weird because she never comes back again. <laughs> weird weird stuff <laughs> going on in Sonic X, but it's this eight year old's plant girlfriend from space, just the embodiment of throwing spaghetti at the wall. 
And then the next year, uh, well, a couple years later, actually, Archie Comics adapts Sonic X, does their own Sonic X series. Their comic takes place in the same world as the show, but follows original storylines involving ghosts, Eggman putting humans in his machines, Nelson Thorndike bailing Sonic out of jail. <laughs> and in the final issue, it crosses over with the main Sonic comic, ending with different versions of Metal Sonic and Shadow being warped into an alternate dimension that sets up the 2009 series Sonic Universe. Oh my god, I forgot about Sonic Universe. <laughs> Yeah. I think there's a lot of things in the Sonic history that they very much want you to not remember. It's true. It's true. We leave no stone unturned here. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I pull up Sonic Universe and the cover shows um, uh, my dear forgotten Blaze the Cat, who's another. <laughs> uh, hold on, because same year, 2005, Sonic Rush introduces Blaze the Cat. A cat princess from a different alternate dimension from the <laughs> various ones we've been talking about. Uh, she guards the Sol Emeralds, <laughs> which again, not the Chaos Emeralds. <laughs> Absolutely not. Don't even think about it. Uh, this is also the introduction of Eggman Nega, who is Blaze's nemesis, but it's kind of ambiguous in this because it says that Blaze is from an alternate dimension, but that Nega is Eggman's descendant from 200 years in the future. So <laughs> it's just... just fuck it, whatever, man. Like, to be fair, Blaze is like my favorite case study in the Sonic universe because they don't know what to do with her. They know that they kind of still want to use her, right? But they don't know what to do do with her because the very next year they kill her <laughs> yeah they actually kill her they do they do and she comes back but they they do kind of they the, the right out the gate they're like i don't know what to do with this <laughs> you see you see sonic adventure 2 comes out and everyone is wild about shadow <laughs> because he actually has a reason to be cool mm. Like Sonic, you just kind of, it's again, it's I'm cool, trust me. And the shadow's like, I'm edgy and dark and mysterious and I have a tragic past. And it's like, yeah, oh, that does kind of make you more developed than Sonic who likes chili dogs and runs really they fast. Give, <laughs> they give Shadow like a want that's, that Sonic kind of never has, <laughs> you know, like Sonic's just like, I have to stop this guy. But, but, but Shadow kind of has like, you know, a little more history to it. <laughs> Sonic has about as much drive to him as Kirby, which is someone took my chili dogs. Not again. Um, like it's literally uh, just nuts. like, oh, this is in my way today. Like I need to I need to stop this guy who I, I could easily outrun and beat in any situation. <laughs> Not again. Oh rats. I was gonna go to the movies today. It takes place uh, after Sonic Heroes, but plays out in a nonlinear fashion where multiple storylines can be followed depending upon which route the player takes. Um, also, there's guns. <laughs> it just... <laughs> it's not just their guns, because I feel like... So this is the thing mm. about Shadow the Hedgehog, is that there's like 300 enemies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not... Mass Effect could never. Like, it's just... It's so much, and it's the fact that they're all punctuated by bad early shadow voice actor going, this is who I am. And also some of them are like, they're all like, most of them are shadow not getting it. Like, it's like shadow being like, clearly I'm a robot and not a real hedgehog. This is who I am. And it's like, are you, honey? 
Because it's it's straight up just like him trying to figure out who he is. And uh, by the way, his dad is this is it. His dad, who is God, is the villain. <laughs> I said it would come around. His dad, who is God, Black Doom, is the villain. <laughs> there you have it. There you fucking go. And his dad is like a big jelly, not a starfish from space, who's also like a the devil and shit like they just really went like full shin megami tensei like nuts rpg evil edgy shit they were like and also like you get bad endings the more like people you kill or some shit like that it's like it's like it's so cursed of a concept that it's this like branching sonic game where shadow kills people and knows the president and has a gun and rides a motorcycle it's very interesting that I guess I guess it's a spin-off game, so it's like none of this really matters. But it's very interesting that in the midst of so many people, like like, like so many voices in in, the, in these games, being like, we need to consolidate the lore, we need to start, we need to make it less confusing for everyone. They also say, let's make a game that has a hundred alternate paths. A <laughs> hundred alternate paths, and most of them are just like, what if Shadow was really stupid and like thought he was someone else? <laughs> like, because it's literally like what happens is at the end of adventure two he crashes down to earth because everyone at the, like they just wanted to kill him off after adventure two and then so many people loved him that they were like no he just hit his head really hard when he crashed down from orbit into earth he just bumped his head a little too hard and now he doesn't remember who he is and also his dad is god like it, it, you know <laughs> What can you do? We've all been there. We've all had those kind of those kinds of days. So these last couple games were made pretty much without Sonic Team's involvement. They were working on titles like Space Channel 5, Puyo Pop Fever, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. And in the midst of developing like a fairly consistent storyline for the games, where even though there's other studios working on them, they pretty much are built around the story established in the adventure games. They're like, you know what? <laughs> Let's do a reboot. <laughs> the running trend. Sega comes back to the Sonic team, says new Sonic game, next generation of consoles. And Yuji Naka is looking at this nascent superhero boom, the tremendous success of Spider-Man 2 and Batman Begins. And uh, the, the quote from here is, when Marvel or DC Comics turn their characters into films, they're thinking of them as blockbusters, huge hits. And that's what we're trying to emulate with Sonic. In late 2004, the game was named Sonic the Hedgehog, indicating a reboot that would return to the series' roots. Uh-oh. <laughs> this, is, this is like when someone who got bit in a zombie movie starts twitching a little funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's deeply unsettling and evil and you know nothing good is going to follow from that sentence yeah there's a very tricky development process um and ultimately yuji naka resigns from sonic team altogether in march 2006 as the game is like half done and is like i'm gonna focus on my own project <laughs> This game was planned to be featured on all the major 7th generation consoles, but it was felt that porting it to the Wii would take too long, so Sega split Sonic Team in two, said half of you keep making Sonic the Hedgehog, half of you make a new Sonic game exclusively for Wii, that game was Sonic and the Secret Rings. Um, 
and this left an unusually small team crunching to finish Sonic the Hedgehog before the 2006 holiday season with half the people and Yuji Naka gone. Uh, the game, uh, often referred to as Sonic 06, <laughs> is the result. Don't make me review Sonic 06, no! <laughs> no, our, 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 our evil selves have just walked into frame and are demanding <laughs> that, we, <laughs> that we talk about Sonic 06. <laughs> It's, I feel so bad because as someone that cares more about the characters than I do about like a lot of the gameplay, like I've played a lot of the Sonic games, but I don't love them for the gameplay so much. It introduces Silver the Hedgehog, who is the most scrappy-do fucking character in the series because he's introduced in like the worst game. He's just kind of whingy in like in, in 06 and he doesn't have a lot to him. They also like this is when they try to they put Blaze in again and then immediately kill her. Which yeah. by the way, she's no longer from like the soul dimension or whatever. She's just from the evil future. And then in order to fix the evil future, they put her down. Yeah, they, they brought those things together where it was like Nega was from the future originally, and that didn't really make sense. And I like they're both from the future, don't worry about it. And also Silver's from the future. It really is just like the most incoherent plot line and you can play as any of the three of them and it doesn't make it make any more sense it's and any any merit that the plot could have had was marred by two things which is that the game sucks and the thing which everyone will give it shit for until the heat death of the universe which is that sonic has a love interest who is a human adult woman (laughs) yes um first of all about silver the script for the game described silver saying essentially he's trunks from dragon ball z <laughs> he's a little That's bit the trunks from for dragon the game ball z. Describes it. <laughs> there's not poor silver yeah it's <laughs> not much to be said there i mean he's still kicking i guess <laughs> like yeah, they still keep bringing him sometimes. back, and I've heard that they've- I haven't read the new comics, like the IDW, since Archie got cancelled, uh, I'd say recently, it was probably like a few years ago, but um, yeah. the IDW comics apparently have been doing him a lot more justice in terms of like making him sort of just like a bumbling but sort of friendly little guy, but I haven't engaged with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he- in Sonic 06, he's just sort of like- he falls into the trap that a lot of Sonic does, which is no one can tell who is Sonic and who is not Sonic. Amy can't understand that there are people, that there are other hedgehogs other than her and Sonic, ever. There are other hedgehogs in the world. They think Sonic is Shadow, they arrest him, like, like, it just keeps happening. They arrest... Amy thinks that Silver is, like, weird Sonic, like, it's just... It's, it's really... She can't she needs glasses like even if they even if they like their faces were the same they're different color <laughs> right <laughs> it's not even it's not even face blindness it's just, it's just even if you saw in black and white you'd be able to tell that they were different shades because <laughs> one of them's black and one of them's white <laughs> it's so everything about that game's plot has been argued to death like everybody knows that it sucks but as much as I've seen people be like, oh, like, well, whatever, like, I try to, like, hand ring and, like, in defense of Sonic 06, and I'm like, you're never going to be able to convince me that a human woman kissing Sonic and bringing him back to life is not weird. <laughs> yeah. 
just to get into it, uh, Dr. Eggman kidnaps Princess Elise of Soleana in the hopes of harnessing the power of Iblis, an immortal energy-based being of mass destruction representing the raw power of the sun god Solaris. See, my thing about my thing about 06 is that every word that you say to me about 06, my brain immediately registers as Metal Gear. Because my brain goes, the yeah. Iblis trigger. Huh. What's that? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's just fucking Metal Gear, like in my head. It's it's like bad Metal Gear. So Sonic and crew are protecting Elise, Shadow and Rouge, agents of Gun, accidentally release uh Mephiles, the mind and will of the sun god Solaris. Um, he transports them to a future ravaged by Iblis and convinces survivors Silver and Blaze that Sonic is responsible for their world's destruction. Mephiles succeeds in his quest to reunite with Iblis by killing Sonic and releasing Iblis <laughs> from its seal. And Solaris attempts to consume time itself, but the hedgehogs use the power of the Chaos Emeralds to resurrect Sonic and defeat Solaris. In the end, the entire events of the game are erased from history. <laughs> As they should be. What a fucking, what a way to reboot Sonic. <laughs> Just be like, here's an entire, this is our Sonic reboot. It's very Batman Begins. It's very back to the roots and none of it happened. <laughs> it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> what do you call it? No, it's it's that and the fact that um, it's this era um. Sonic 06, what, what you call like the storybook era, which is the next thing, and then like Unleash it, we're like, where are humans? Let's put some <laughs> humans in there. And then like, right. you have like Soliana is like one approach to it. And then you have like, as we get to like just real things and real people and time that happened. And then like sort of pseudo real countries, like they're just like, where are people? It's so funny, any scene where Soliot, where Elise and uh, Eggman are there at the same time. <laughs> yeah, awful man-looking Eggman in that game. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. The precursor to the Jim Carrey. Yeah. That same year, uh, Sonic Rush is released. And that introduces the Babylon Rogues, a team of criminal birds who agree to steal an emerald on Eggman's behalf in order to restore their ancestral homeland, the Babylon Garden. Um, the, just, I want to go back to Osiris oh, real quick because you've got Iblis and Mephiles being the two pieces of um, of uh, Solaris, and that, like we were saying, that is pretty much the plot of Sonic Shuffle. Too. And the worst part is it happens again. <laughs> Do it again. It's their favorite plot. And these, the Babylon rogues are kind of like the, like the echidnas, other the tribe and they guard the emerald, whatever. But the Babylon rogues are trying to restore the Babylon garden. The chaos emeralds are being offered as the grand prize in an extreme sports tournament. <laughs> this I love. It's so incoherent. Everything about Sonic Riders gives me like a headache. Like, these are another set of characters that have a little bit been brought out to pasture, like the, the all of the birds, but like the world that they live in is also like weirdly even more future than usual too. Like they have like these like Futurama style like tube travel things going on. They just like every game is like a soft reboot. Timeline wise, the, the Sonic Rush stuff is like, 
it's really hard to tell because it feels it, it seems there's no reason to think that it doesn't take place at the same time as the other Sonic games. But why is everything future world? You know <laughs> what's Sonic doing there? Yeah, because it's you know it's 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 just there is no consistent timeline. I think with you know because people like rip their hair out trying to put Zelda on a coherent timeline. But you never seem to do this with Sonic because it's physically impossible. All of these things may as well be different parallel universes. Yeah, even I've I've seen some attempts at squaring like generations into the timeline and stuff, and even those oh, ignore we'll almost everything. Almost everything. <laughs> it's just making sense of like one split timeline thing and a couple different games. Yeah, once you get to generations, I think that's the key point at which any attempt to put any of these games on a timeline falls completely on its ass. So yeah, the Chaos Emeralds are the grand prize in an extreme sports tournament. So Sonic's crew and the rogues both enter. Ultimately, the rogues win by sabotaging Sonic's extreme gear hoverboard. And um, they, they, you know, restore the garden, the Babylon garden, and they discover the treasure of Babylon, a magic carpet, which is revealed to be an early prototype for the extreme gear itself. Playable characters also include villains, robots, and characters from other games. Ulala from Space Channel 5, Knights from Nights into Dreams, and I.I. from Super Monkey Ball. Their pursuit of the Chaos Emeralds is not explained. <laughs> They're just there. See, that's my favorite yeah. thing, is that that's the same thing with, like, the other, like, the car games that end up happening, mm -hmm. which have no plot. Mm -hmm. But it's just sort of like, hey, why are you here again? As mixed with, hey... You couldn't get the rights to the voice acting for this character, could you? So that's why you only have three voice lines for any of these characters. Uh, there's also Sonic Rivals that same year, which kind of merges the Sonic the the Sonic Rush and Sonic 06 like continuity together. Um, Eggman Nega returning from the future, attempting to clear his family's name by removing Eggman's failed schemes from existence. It's a little side thing that's going on there. They're, they're, they're bringing Nega back into it, and that really comes into play in the coming years, including in the next game, Sonic Rush Adventure, which introduces more characters from Blaze's Dimension, which by this point has been retconned to just be the future. Um, uh -huh. Marine the Raccoon, Captain Whisker, a robotic pirate created by uh, Eggman Nega, and... It's this sort of trend that's really coming into play of, like, let's add a new character. Because... Just cause another animal. <laughs> we haven't made a dog yet. Like then we get to Sonic of the Secret Rings, which takes place. It takes place in a dream world. And I watched it, you have of to prepare they, for that. <laughs> of 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 course they would never say they would never bring back the continuity of Sonic Shuffle, but it takes place in the realm of dreams, which Sonic Shuffle does as well. And it's weird how often the, the Sonic Shuffle ideas seem to be coming back. This is sort of a Muppet style thing where the Sonic characters are taking on the roles of characters from the Arabian Nights in this case. Uh, the first in the Sonic Storybook series. Um, it includes a darker version of Super Sonic called Dark Spine Sonic that is never seen again, but yeah, none of this is canon. <laughs> yeah, same with uh, Black Knight, which is the same thing you said, instead of what if it was Arabian Nights, it's what if it was like the round table? Like exactly. it's, it's just, eh, we're bored. We want to see what Sonic would look like with like a sword. It'd be funny. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 
you know, as as weird as these games are, I don't think that I don't think that's the worst idea. I think it would make more sense if because when the Muppets do it, all the Muppets are like are, have like very clearly defined characters that have been around for decades, and practically none of the Sonic characters are really about anything. You know. Yeah, the only ones with any consistent characterization are like the main three. Eggman and Amy and everyone else is like this total blank slate of a character that they change every game and it means nothing and like so making them do something else especially like you know because Sonic I remember this in the cutscenes would walk up to like say like Eggman and be like you're Eggman and he'd be like no I'm not and then there would be like no (laughs) yeah that's a weird thing that also happens with the Black Knight and it's like you don't need to do that, <laughs> you know, like you could just say this is a storybook thing and the, you know, they're playing characters, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very silly, it, it doesn't bother me as much now as it bothered me when I was a kid, but it's very silly. Like, and I feel like if people accepted more that it was like silly as opposed to like anything that was trying to be serious, especially because Sonic Ring, Sonic of the Secret Rings has the only introduction to a Sonic game that I will not listen to. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's like the true like peak of sonic butt rock of just like unlistenability like it's sure they, they were just throwing anything at the wall because they were given the wii and they were like fuck it go fast like <laughs> yeah and once again they had they had half of sonic team working on it so they were just like i don't know and it plays like it yeah uh, that same year, Sonic Rivals 2 uh, introduces uh, the Ifrit, a demon from Islamic mythology. Uh, Eggman Nega, disguised as Eggman, plans to feed the Ifrit Chow in order to turn him invisible and then use him to destroy the world. <laughs> as one would. That's what I'm saying, though, is that so many of the games from this period are about Eggman Nega coming back from the future and disguising himself as Eggman. And it's just like, it's just like they were, they're trying to just change it up however they can. And so they're like, maybe this is Eggman, but it's actually the different Eggman. <laughs> it's palette swap Eggman. It's like during that period when um the Wii U wasn't selling. So they were like, what if we re-release the same games again, but with Luigi instead? Like, it's just like, what if we did the Eggman plot again, but now it's Eggman, but gray? <laughs> It's such a weird thing where, like, they, I don't know, they could have made him a different character, at least. <laughs> like no, he's done... functionally the same dude. They just kind of put some, they, they put hair dye on his mustache and called it a year. Right. Next is Sonic Unleashed. <laughs> oh, now here's where the plot happens again. In Sonic Unleashed, Eggman successfully drains the Chaos Emeralds of their power and is able to begin his quest for world domination. Uh, and also in that process, he inadvertently transformed Sonic into a werehog, causing him to lose speed but gain abilities at nightfall. He unleashes a beast called Dark Gaia, while Sonic befriends a creature with amnesia named Chip, who turns out to be Light Gaia. They ultimately fuse together, returning to the center of the Earth and curing Sonic of his lycanthropy. Yeah, same, same fucking Sonic Shuffle story once again. <laughs> this game was also revolutionary in making the first Sonic character that I fucking hate, which is Chip. <laughs> Chip <laughs> Chip is the worst. It's this little fucked up rat with like fairly odd parents' wings. That's only character traits that he's obsessed with ice cream and doesn't stop talking. I've seen I've seen footage and 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 Chip is just sucks. 
there were a lot of things like that in games at that time. It's something that like, um, I don't know, you see a little bit in some of the Zelda games for that era. Just like, just like having a companion with you who's just, who just won't stop, you know? Yeah, it's like Omocho did this earlier and people didn't like Omocho and they were like, what if we made Omocho worse? Yeah. <laughs> the problem is that he's a robot. What if he was this little, ugly looking, fuzzy creature instead? This is the real Scrappy-Doo moment, I feel like, because he also becomes so important to the story in the end. <laughs> and it's just like... And he sucks. Yeah, His defining sucks. trait is that he sucks. Yeah, not a, not a ton of additional lore stuff in Sonic Unleashed other than doing the Sonic Shuffle thing again and having the, uh, there's a werehog thing that can happen. And again, they go to like, they go to like Greece. Like they go to like Greece, <laughs> like real countries, <laughs> but they have like fake names. Like I think, I think the one that's just sort of vaguely like Mediterranean is just called like Spagonia or some like equally stupid shit. Like, but they go to like real fucking places. And they're like, you should go to the church, which, of course, now uh, Catholicism is canonical in the Sonic yeah, franchise. They've got... The... He's like, go talk to the priest for advice. And I, as a kid, I was like, whoa, Sonic's Catholic. It's this. It's another consistent thing of the American lore was that Sonic takes place on Mobius, which is like Earth, but with differences. The Japanese lore is that Sonic comes from a different unnamed planet and the games took place there, but then he comes to a version of Earth. (laughs) There's a really inconsistent thing there that kind of continued to this day of to what extent this planet is Earth. Does Sonic come from here or from somewhere else? Like that never really gets cleared up. The where are people never gets answered either. But the real the real heavy lore comes in Sonic Rider Zero Gravity, in which the Babylon Rogues retrieve the Ark of the Cosmos, one of five relics capable of the controlling Ark of gravity. the Covenant. <laughs> the Ark of the Cosmos. <laughs> the oh, Babylon no. Rogues take the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> in a fucking <laughs> extreme sports Rogues. tournament. Jesus Christ. Literally. So, so more arcs fall from the sky, causing one of Eggman's robots to become sentient and lead a charge to collect all five relics. At the end of the game, Tails speculates. This is just, this is something, this is lore that's just Tails making shit. <laughs> speculates that the Babylon rogues were descended from aliens and the arcs were a method for them to one day return home. Just a fucking guess. That's just Tails throwing shit at the wall. Just, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you believe? Like, it's, I think that's really just like someone in the writer's room was like, what if this was the case? And they were like, that's so fucking stupid that, but we have no better idea. So we'll just blame it on Tails because he's like eight. We'll just pin it on an eight year old. Yeah. Uh, other char- playable characters in this game include Knights from Knights into Dreams, Amigo from Samba de Amigo, and Billy Hatcher from Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Again, their involvement is is not clarified. <laughs> no, they're just chilling. So some big lore there, but the real lore <laughs> comes from another game from the same year, the DS game Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> The, the greatest failure of a, at the time of a game company that now is known for its greatest failures. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's inexplicably a Bioware game. Yeah. <laughs> they saw the dudes that what made like Knights of the Old Republic and went like, 
you could do a Sonic, and then they couldn't. The game opens by detailing Eggman's defeat and presumed death. Months later... (laughs) (laughs) That's the opening. It's like... It's like King Ralph, which is a fucking John Goodman comedy from the 90s, and it opens with the entire royal family dying. <laughs> it's just... this, it's, I really want to, again, bring up the parallel here. Because, like, what year was this again? What year was uh, Chronicles? This is uh, 08, same year as Sonic Unleashed. Yeah, see, because my brain goes to, you know what happened two years earlier? Mario went on a nice adventure to space, and the introduction is just about how the Star Festival happens every so many years. <laughs> this is what's going on in the eyes of the competitor, is that Mario's having a great time in space, yelling, wahoo, and like flying around planets with flowers on them, and now fucking Sonic over here is having a Bioware yeah, game where it starts with the Eggman's death. Imagine a Mario game that starts with Mario successfully beating Bowser and months later he's like on vacation and what's the next thing here? Um, he receives a call from Tails announcing that Knuckles has been kidnapped by marauders who've stolen the chaos. That would be a <laughs> fucked up Mario game. Mario, it's me, Tails. It's me, Tails. <laughs> Knuckles has been kidnapped. From the Olympics, remember? <laughs> The Olympic Games, I was hoping that something would come up in the Olympic Games, but they really don't explain anything in those. No, the only the only lore implications that that has is, like, there are certain characters that have, like, specific, like, well-thought-out, like, pair animations. Like, they expect these two characters to be, like, parallels from the two different games. You know, you have, like, Mario and Sonic and uh, Bowser and uh, Eggman. But then it's, like, Metal and Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Metal is supposed to be the Waluigi of the Sonic franchise. Yeah, I would think, if anything, the Robot Tales from whichever game there's Robot Tales and it's Doll Tales, that, that, that would be the Waluigi. <laughs> yeah, the only problem is that that traumatized so many children that they really can't. <laughs> he's dead forever. Yeah. He's, in a, he's in an SCP box somewhere. Right. So Knuckles has been kidnapped by Marauders. They find Eggman, who claims to be reformed, and explains how he survived the crash. Um, this is another thing that's going to come back a lot later is Eggman, you know, being reformed or having amnesia or something. That, that, that's something that they discover in this one. And they're like, let's keep doing that. They encounter another living echidna, Shade, and meet the leader of her tribe, Grand Imperator Ix, who reveals a plot to take over the dimension uh, after that tribe escaped from an alternate dimension, um, the Twilight Cage. They've got so many goddamn dimensions in Sonic and they still haven't managed to make 3D good. <laughs> Tails and Eggman build a vehicle to transport them to the Twilight Cage, where they encounter the Kron, Nergal, Zoa, and Voxai colonies, each of whom have their own Chaos Emeralds. The Voxai, for instance, are controlled by a group of three called the Overmind, who use their Chaos Emerald to exercise mind control over the, the normal population. Tribe, the Nermal tribe is sought over by Megamind? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> this game's crazy. <laughs> Garfield the cat. Garfield could be a Sonic character. Fuck it. Just put the yeah, shoes sure. on him. He he basically like like he basically has the proportions of a Sonic character, you know? Yeah, He's just got... put the shoes on him. <laughs> yeah, just just cover up those piggies and you'll you have <laughs> quick, just incredibly urgent note about that. When I saw them put a Sonic foot scan on the screen in the movie, I thought I was in going to film, cry yeah. involuntarily. <laughs> So true. So true, Worsty. 
Me at the Sonic director. Yeah, Sonic Chronicles ends on a cliffhanger as the team returns home to find Eggman having rebuilt his empire. He tricked them. <laughs> he sent them to the other dimension. He was like, now I can do my own shit. And uh, yeah, Sonic, Tails, and Omega. Well, okay, here, here's how it ends. Um, the, the, they come home. Eggman's rebuilt his empire. Now they have to stop him. And then Sonic, Tails, and Omega break the fourth wall to read off the game's credit. <laughs> Like mystery science theater. <laughs> I want to see a Sonic Tales and Omega mystery science theater more so than I want to think about Sonic Chronicles and the incredibly bad soundtrack, which sounds like someone farting on a cat piano. Imagine a game with a fucking throwaway game that was not even that they didn't care about at all, having so many lore implications, and also ending with Sonic and Tails reading off the credits themselves. I wish more Bioware games had done that. And by that, I don't mean having the cast read the credits. I mean that Mass Effect 3 should have ended with Sonic, Tails, and E123 Omega reading the credits. (laughs) Just their signature now. David Guider? That's a stupid (laughs) name. That's no good. (laughs) Jaleel White is reading. (laughs) They get Jaleel White back. So the next year, we get another entry in the Sonic storybook series, Sonic and the Black Knight. Like the Secret Rings, it's a non-canon story where the Sonic characters play characters in the King Arthur tradition. Um, my favorite scene is the one where Knuckles is about to commit suicide and Sonic snatches the sword out of his hand and says, give me a break. <laughs> As if it's a burden on Sonic. <laughs> Not even Knuckles. a burden. Suicide. It's not even so much as that it's a burden on him, as much as it is like, ah, oh, this shit, really? Come on. Give me a break. Fuck off with that. <laughs> Get real. Sonic and the Black Knight was pulled from shelves a year after its release because Sega was like, we need to do damage control here. They pulled every Sonic game that had like a like a subpar Metacritic score. They just took them all off the shelves, including the one that they had released a year earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like deleting messages to your ex. Like it's it's the damage is done. It's too late. Didn't mean <laughs> didn't mean to say that. It's oh so shit, bad. that's for someone else. Don't just don't, don't <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. Me can't stand these hoes, such as Sonic and the Black Knight. Me the next year, anyway, here's <laughs> another bad game. Also in 2009, that's when we get the Sonic Universe comic from Archie. It continues the multiverse ending of the Sonic X comic. Uh, it's a series in which uh, each few issues focuses on a different character, with Sonic himself only playing a supporting role for some reason. Uh, there's a lot going on in the series. There's two wizard kings called the Nagus twins that take over Eggman's kingdom. There are wizards? There are wizard kings, the Nagus twins. They take over specifically Eggman's kingdom from the Sonic Unleashed timeline because uh, they, you know, jump around to different timelines in this one. <laughs> um, the Chaotix fight, Bark the Polar Bear. <laughs> they didn't take him out back. They kept him in storage. In cryogenic storage all this time. Yeah. um, Mega Man characters come into the fray in this one. (laughs) 
Sorry, I really urgently need to point out that Bark the Polar Bear, who I had never seen a picture of until right now, looks exactly not like whatever you think he does. <laughs> he's yellow. Yeah. He's got like a beanie. He kind of looks yeah, like Sonic. <laughs> what the not... fuck? <laughs> I just really urgently need to point out that he doesn't fucking look like anything. Certainly not a polar bear. No, the only his entire description and personality is in his debut. Bark is shown to be serious during his matches. Accordingly, Bark is blunt and quiet due to being of a shy guy. <laughs> due to due of being to a sh what the fuck does this say? I can't even read. Due of being a shy guy, but he is known to have a gentle and loving heart. Yeah, Sarah is something of a cat girl, and Bark is something of a shy guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's something of a shy guy but yeah like i said this is actually the second mega man crossover in the sonic comics but they you know mega man characters come into come into play in this one and um yeah it's a really convoluted series but in a way it's another attempt to kind of bring everything together you know with the different timelines they're like it's all it's all one multiverse thing and this is this is like the the nexus point of all of them from like sonic adventure all the way to black knight and just trying to trying to just put them all together again and failing also in 2009 ken penders starts copywriting the, the characters the laura sue chronicles yeah, he he starts copywriting the characters and stories he created for the Sonic comics. The copyright is upheld, and after a drawn-out legal battle with Archie, a settlement is reached, at which point pretty much every character that Ken Penders introduced is erased from the, from the comics. And nothing of great value was lost. <laughs> he added two hundred characters i need to stress this he added 200 characters such as a butler for charmy <laughs> this, this article that i have up uh i really like the sentence oh and who could forget the traitorous sleuth doggy in quotes sleuth doggy dog we lost nothing sleuth Forget doggy dog <laughs> yeah and the second dog is spelled d-a-w-g to emphasize <laughs> Sleuth doggy dog. Jeepers, fucking we lost goodness. nothing from Ken Penders. <laughs> but he he was doing it for so long and making all this shit for, for that that like he was like the thorn in the side every time they wanted to make the Sonic timeline make sense. And then he was like, actually, you can't use any of this anymore. Absolutely not. Instead, yeah, no, he made these incoherent family trees and then was just like, actually, no, that was stupid and it's mine. You can't have it anymore. These totally knuckles looking creatures are not knuckles and they're mine. Sonic's name is Ogilvy. You can't use that. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck, man. Penders also attempts to sue Sega for the characters used in Dark Brotherhood. That case is thrown out instantly. He tries to appeal it a couple times. The judge's office like, no. Yeah, I sorry. I my brain immediately fell back into the everything to do with Ken Penders, just a nightmare scenario. Because to be fair, Ken Penders tried to add the first they came poem into the Sonic franchise, 
But uh, that's true. Again, I don't think we lost anything. Yeah, we're probably fine. 2010 is where things get interesting. 2010 sees the release of Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1, a direct sequel <laughs> to Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Um, it, it has. It has a simple storyline in which some time after the last game's conclusion, Eggman's taking on Sonic once again, and it's more levels in the 2D, yada, yada. But they've gone back and said, now we're doing a sequel to Sonic 3. (laughs) They may as well. They don't have a better idea. The same year, we get Sonic Colors, in which Eggman uh, has an interplanetary amusement park, and he's secretly enslaving this alien species called the Wisps. Kind of a kind of a Space Jam situation going on there. Uh, there are different kinds of wisps. They're composed of an energy force called Hyper Goons, and they all have different color powers. The wisps themselves are not terrible. What the wisps become, what they set the precedent for, is uh, Sonic Lost World. And so for that, they're like the baby, consider them in your mind to be the concept art babies, the Muppet babies of what will later become the godforsaken Lost World designs. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with Sonic Colors. I'm pretty sure that that's the one that has the... No, it's it's actually Sonic 06 that has the stupid fucking line with the no, no power of copyright law can stop me line, but like <laughs> Sonic Colors just sort of like goes back to like, what if, what if Sonic was funny again? Yeah. Like, what if he was kind of like a funny guy and like the, he wasn't getting shot he didn't know the president. He was just kind of like a funny blue hedgehog in space. And that I respect. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of recentering that happens this year. This is the same year that the first uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars racing game comes out. So at some point in all this, he goes kart racing with Banjo, Kazooie, Amiga, Amigo, Lala, Billy Hatcher, Beat from Jet Set Radio, Rio from Shenmue, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I know that this may not come up because it has no plot implications. The second racing game lets you play as now. Oh, we'll, oh, then we're getting there. We'll, we'll get there, yeah. <laughs> I'm rubbing my little hands together. There's also free riders in which the usual suspects enter another racing competition hosted by Eggman. This time, Eggman is in disguise, but like they all know it's him and they just do the race anyway. <laughs> Even they're tired. Yeah, two racing games in one year, though. That's another thing that comes back. Uh, At the end, Metal Sonic shows up. Um, This is another thing that's coming up a lot where Metal Sonic and Eggman become, like, rivals in a way. Uh, Metal shows up at the end of uh, 4 Part 1 this same year, and he's just... They're kind of bringing him back into it and trying to do something with him. Yeah, they, they have that problem sometimes where they, like, will remember a character. Like, they'll just, like, wake up from a haze. Um, right. It's it's one of the only things that I I still truly love about a, a, that a, a certain YouTuber made, uh, which is the mm. video on the Sonic team just waking up from like coke filled fueled hazes, and I think that's when they remember that they have some of these characters sometimes, where they're just like mm-hmm. metal or like cream <laughs> the rabbit, and then they just put cream the rabbit as like a a, a fucking judge in. Mario and Sonic and that are like that's enough for today and they go back to the table (laughs) (laughs) and then in 2011 you get uh, Sonic Generations (laughs) oh and do we get Sonic Generations plotline implications 
So after his defeat at the end of Sonic Colors, Eggman is stranded in space with his henchman, Orbot and Cubot. Um, and at the beginning of Sonic Generations, they encounter an entity known as the Time Eater. Uh, he uses the Time Eater to go back in time and try to rewrite his past mistakes like, like uh, the other Eggman did earlier. And this, among other things, what this really just establishes is that the old Sonic games are young Sonic and the current Sonic games are Sonic, but he's older. <laughs> it's the same person on a different, <laughs> just different points in time. This definitively establishes that there is a timeline, which I think is really the moment where everything falls apart. <laughs> it falls apart more because the more you think about it, why can't classic Sonic speak? Like, what? how old was this little boy that can only make sort of like, shrugs and gestures and like no 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 motion with his hand but he can't fucking speak and but tails can like baby tails can speak right but like young sonic or like classic sonic cannot speak he just exists like the more that you try to think about it and also the fact of like doesn't that make sonic like 30 doesn't that make our current like teenage sonic like 30 years old (laughs) was again where was he born He's like, it's, I think this is the part where it really fell apart because it's the part where they like acknowledge that breaking the fourth wall is a part of the timeline and the setting. Yeah. <laughs> like they can't, at this point they've, they've fucked themselves. They were just like, I don't know. And then he, and then he's going to take him back to the past to relive the yeah. g- <laughs> shitty games that sucked ass. Like, it's just at this point, right. the old games are as much they're all it's all canon it just happened to a different kind of sonic yeah you you can no longer say they're just reset resetting it over and over and now it's they all exist at some point <laughs> yeah especially since like you go in um generations one of the last levels before the final boss is sonic 06 right so they can't even hide it because they literally have you do crisis city so they're not even pretend they're like yeah we know it sucks i feel like the next logical step is to do a generations follow-up where classic sonic is a little older and voiced by julia white oh no (laughs) they could have enforces because they keep making him show up yeah they do he's still around he's still gonna be a thing but like and Jaleel White would do it too, and he'd be great. I, 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 just, just make it crazier. Just be like, and the cartoons are part of it too. Yeah, fuck it. Sonic Underground is back. We're rebooting it live. Yeah, and actually he is robotic. Let's, let's cut this shit. <laughs> he really was fused with an egg. Yeah. So, so that's what Generations brings to the party. Uh, next year, the classic story continues in episode two of Sonic 4, which you, now we have to think about the fact that in between the two episodes of Sonic 4, the release of, of the <laughs> timeline destroyer. The, ultimately, ultimately, it's basically that 4 takes place in the timeline of classic Sonic where generations didn't happen this is before the time this is without the time eater showing up that's that that sonic 4 happens um takes place after sonic cd it uh doesn't really add anything to the to the lore but it places it it, you you have to put it in there somewhere 
feverishly with like red yarn and like a pin board trying to make Sonic 4 matter. Meanwhile, Modern Sonic goes kart racing with the characters of Sonic and Sega All-Stars as well as Danica Patrick. Yes! <laughs> from real life. Danica Patrick from real life. I think that the best part about playing that game with my friends is Willemus is there, like just like sort of like a mm. real like Roman dude. Um, Shogun from Shogun. Uh, and if you're playing it on PC, because, um, you know, if you're playing it on Xbox, you know, you get to play as like your little Xbox avatar or whatever. If you're playing it on PC, you can play as Team Fortress. <laughs> you can play as Team Fortress. You can play the whole crew of Team Fortress. None of which are voiced by the actual TF2 voice actors. They're just kind of a dude doing a bad impression of all of them. Mm-hmm. And their reason for competing in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed is unknown. <laughs> There's also, uh, in a version of the game, I'm not sure which one, there's uh, Yogg's Cast Simon. Oh, yes. <laughs> part of it. And also Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph, I vividly remember being in it. It's so much... The thing is that, so Sonic appears in Wreck-It Ralph, and, but it's Sonic who knows that he's in a video game and he's like playing the Sonic of the games. What Sonic arcade game it's supposed to be, I'm not sure because that movie is in an arcade and there there have been Sonic arcade games, but it's not really. But it's modern Sonic who's talking as well. So I guess it's, I I guess if you apply the Wreck-It Ralph continuity to the racing games, then you can kind of imagine how they all come together, I guess. That could be like a a super textual world. Like there's the story of the Sonic games, and then there's the story of Sonic is real, but knows he's in a game. And that's where the racing games happen. (laughs) See, meanwhile, again, so pull to Mario. I think Mario kind of wins this because somewhere around like two, like Mario 2, he just decided... They're all actors. Fuck it. Yeah. None of this is real. They're all like they all go home at the end of the day. Like this is like a stage show. <laughs> yeah. So like that makes they it they... when they like go go karting because they're just actors. But then you like take like Sonic who very much keeps trying to keep something from blowing up the world every day. And it's like, yeah, anyone, do you want to go like go karting in like the Golden Axe universe? And he's like, Yeah, sure. I have nothing better to do. <laughs> My schedule's free this weekend. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. We could get uh, Space Channel 5 and Danica Patrick with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get real Danica Patrick in here in case in her digital prison. Yeah. Let's get Danica Patrick from real life into, into this. Uh, the next year's Sonic Lost World, in which Sonic has to team up with Eggman to take on a group of aliens called the Deadly Six, who harness Eggman's machine to drain power from Sonic's unnamed planet that's sometimes Earth. Um, and canonically, that game takes place in Modern's timeline after Sonic Generations. Yeah, the thing that I despise about Lost World is that they've made, at this point, they've made so many friends of Sonic, you know, mm. X the Y, you know, type friends of Sonic and they go, we should stop doing that and make things that look like they were made by Illumination instead. And they release these six abominations like that look like they're from a different game series entirely, who each have one character trait per character that is baked into their design. Like, this is the woman. 
she likes makeup. <laughs> and this is the old guy, and he's just Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And like they're all just like one fucking trait. And then they were like, great, let's use these forever now instead of any of the characters we already had. Yeah, it, it's um it it doesn't add much to the lore on its face, but it does just kind of move things in a bad direction in terms of how they approach the games. <laughs> More characters for no reason, except now they don't even look like they're from the same game series. That same year in 2013, Sony acquires the rights to produce a Sonic movie. Uh, the next year they announced it'll be a live action animated hybrid film to be produced in conjunction with original film and Marza Animation Planet, who had done cutscenes for several of the 3D Sonic games. Uh, 2014, Sonic Boom. <laughs> comic animated series uh and and a game <laughs> two games even there was one on the ds which people don't remember as much and then there was the one on um or 3ds rather and then there's the one on console like home console which hurts i think this is also like the point of at the main characters they should have one personality trait too and the Knuckles became this weird, like, politically charged imbecile. Because he makes all those, like, weird, like, feminist rants, like, at random. Like, they just, like, made him this complete moron who doesn't know where he is at any given time, despite him having been, like, the stalwart defender, like, ten years ago. But also he has really strong opinions on, like, Twitter discourse. <laughs> So the um, the game was outsourced to Big Red Button. The idea was that this is not a mainline Sonic thing. It's kind of a separate brand where like, if it really works then this will be what Sonic is now, but we're, we're just, just kind of playing around with it. And um, so in Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric, an ancient snake named Lyric recognizes Sonic from a thousand years ago. Uh, so the, the team, they accidentally let him out and then they have to stop him from using the chaos crystals, not the chaos. <laughs> Again, very different. Uh, to transform the world into this twisted metal thing. Um, they live on an island called Hedgehog Island with, uh, some new characters, Sticks the Badger and Old Prospector named Cliff. Um, there were two other Sonic Boom games, like you said. The show was pretty successful, ran for several seasons, pretty good like reviews on that. But the lore that's set up in Rise of Lyric is pretty much abandoned. <laughs> they like this whole thousand years ago thing. They're like, not no one wants that. <laughs> Let's not do it. The TV show is just kind of like them getting as close as they can to doing the like the stupid sad I am uh, one again, like the the cartoon where it's just like Eggman is a big oaf. And like Sonic just sort of like plays pranks on him type of thing, except again, like Knuckles and Amy have arguments about like Twitter discourse and like shit. And like there's kind of like a rivalry between like Sonic and Shadow because then they, unlike the old cartoon, now they have like 18 million characters to toss around and like all sorts of other weird shit. It's just like every clip from that show feels like someone made it in SFM and it's like a joke. <laughs> It's sort of like, I mean, it's, you know, it's supposedly pretty good. I haven't actually watched it, but um, it feels like the the really early CG Donkey Kong cartoon. Oh, no. <laughs> Eddie, let me go back to my home. Yeah. 
it's really like it's i don't mind them doing like i feel like sonic is honestly at its best when it doesn't take itself too seriously because at this point it's kind of getting ridiculous yeah but i also feel like whenever i say that like a, a monkey's paw kind of curls somewhere and then they make another bad fourth wall joke the other thing with sonic boom is that it hasn't been incorporated into any of this any of the sonic games yet they have not established if it's the same timeline, where on the timeline it is, if it if it's on there at all, it's they're very ambiguous about it because I mean the show was pretty successful, like I said, but they they after the game was such a notorious flop, they were kind of like let's pretend that didn't happen in terms of the games. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just like a one-off thing that stays in its own little hellish universe, um, or like they keep doing stuff like that, but they keep it separate. Just because I also feel like the kinds of people who still care about the lore of the games, which is a sad thing to be like at this point like not sad and like this sort of like oh how dare you it's just sort of like depressing um sort of thing to be but like the last scrap of like honor that any of those characters have is completely like decimated by their characterization in boom because again like knuckles is so fucking stupid he can't count to like three He used to be kind of like rough him up and like tenacious, but he was never like so stupid that he can't like breathe. <laughs> he's, he's really he's dumb in the show, but he's like really dumb in the game too. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's it's so fucked up. They just like ripped half of his fucking brain out. We're like, yeah, good enough. And then Amy is just like yeah, they lobotomized. Amy him. is just every girl character in a cartoon. Get real. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, Tails has his, has his inner beans. Oh. So next there's Sonic Mania, which uh, is also a sequel to Sonic 3. <laughs> Everything's a sequel to Sonic 3. Fuck it. Sonic Boom is a sequel to Sonic 3. Yeah, the way they set it up is that um, Sonic 4 takes place in the timeline where the Time Eater thing doesn't happen. And uh, Mania is the next game in the timeline where Generations happens. So that that's what that's what Classic Sonic does next on that uh, on that timeline. Widely believed to be the only Sonic game at this point. Yeah, pretty much. But that same year, Sonic Team releases Sonic Forces, which takes place after Lost World and after Sonic Mania. There's the um, the Phantom Ruby that is a plot point in Sonic Mania and also very important in uh, Forces, which, which makes it like, it, even though these games were developed at the same time, and it kind of feels like they it kind of, feel, you know, Mania was obviously outsourced to like fans, but <laughs> they were, you know, like, like they do come together in the in the plot line more so than I thought they did. Yeah, the only thing that I really know about the uh, the plot of Sonic Forces is that Shadow bullies a nerd so hard that he goes full syndrome from Incredibles and tries to, like, blow up the world. <laughs> like, he owns him so hard that he, like, adopts this fucking Joker persona. Yeah, there's a, there's a mercenary named Infinite who is sort of the uh, the baddie in this one, and uh, he traps Sonic in the Death Egg, which, well, you know what I was saying before about the six months thing. Eggman conquers the world in the matter of six months while <laughs> while while Sonic is in the Death Egg. So that fucking what was it from the like like one of these really early fucking things of Sonic, you know, being gone for six months. 
they just did it again in Sonic Forces. And they also brought the Death Egg back, which is always infinitely funny to me because it's the fucking Death Egg. <laughs> the Death Egg is great. They, they, I, it's a really interesting recurring thing of just taking something from some obscure thing from decades ago and being like, let's just do that again. <laughs> Just and and of course, it really adds a special element to the lore, which is the equivalent of when you see a movie and at the end it's a special thanks to and you because <laughs> you are a character in Sonic Forces. Your shitty little self insert is now an important character in Sonic Forces who Sonic high fives. So Eggman conquers the world, a team of freedom fighters led by Knuckles track down uh, Sonic and classic Sonic is inadvertently brought back to the timeline by the Phantom Ruby. Uh, they, you know, teams up with the, with this Sonic and with the rebels to save the day. Um, the thing with the custom player character, the rookie who obviously plays, plays a pretty significant role in the game is that at the end of the game, the rookie like leaves to quote find their own way so like they've set it up for the rookie to kind of have to come back at some point <laughs> not just that but it sets it up really for a rookie spin-off that's gonna be the sonic mmo that's gonna be what kills final fantasy 14 a realm reborn which has a free expansion uh, or a free trial that goes up to level 60 and has includes the expansion Heavensward. That's going to be what kills it, is the Sonic MMO, where you play as the yeah, rookie. The Sonic Wizard 101, where you just sort of make your own... <laughs> you, you take your rookie, it has to be the one you made from Forces. And just... You have to import a save file. <laughs> yeah. Forces also leads directly into the ongoing IDW comic series where the, you know, at the end of the game, the team is like, we got to rebuild this world that was destroyed in this fight we just had. And so they're sort of working on doing that in the IDW comics. Uh, there's other stuff. There's a platypus villain named Dr. Starline who's enamored with Eggman's work. Eggman uh, gets amnesia and becomes uh, a helpful character named Mr. named Mr. Tinker. Um, there's a metal virus that infects the world. There's a shape-shifting octopus named Mimic. Um, and this is the current Sonic timeline. <laughs> this is what Sonic is right now, is the shape-shift from IDW. Mario can throw his hat in a straight line. That's where we're at in the, in the Mario franchise. <laughs> That's what Mario's got going on. So there's just one other thing. Uh, in 2017, Sony puts the Sonic movie in turnaround and sells it to Paramount. Paramount continues production pretty much unchanged, same crew, same, same, you know, stuff going on. And in 2020, the movie Sonic the Hedgehog is released. And in September of 2021, my brain melted as I attempted to watch this movie with uh, a friend of the show. And by God, did my... I. I my thing was that I kept involuntarily out loud every five minutes saying, this movie would be over if Tails was here. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just like, man, I'm so alone and I don't know anybody. And my owl mom that I have for some reason got killed by a swarm of echidnas in the trees because that's what happens, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's just like, damn, I wish I had a friend. And it's like, well, <laughs> you could have, instead of giving him a cop. 
Yeah, so in this movie, Sonic is an alien hedgehog from a distant planet uh, where the hedgehogs are at war with the echidnas. And uh, he is sent to Earth as a young child by his guardian, Longclaw the Owl. Uh, she leaves him with a bag of rings that open portals to other planets. Dr. Eggman is once again renamed Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> We're bringing it Really, in my brain the whole time, he was just sort of Dr. Jim Carrey. Dr. Jim Carrey, <laughs> yeah. Because there was nothing about him that felt at all Robotnik or Eggman until the last, like, three minutes of the movie. Yeah, the, so Robotnik in this world is a human scientist who is Who does war crimes. Into, yeah, a war crime guy, and they, <laughs> they take this element... From, from the early canon of him b- being kind of transformed into Eggman over time, but he's still like a like, like a like an evil scientist guy at the beginning. He's still Robotnik right out the gate, but he just becomes more eggy and anti and is radicalized against Sonic over the course of the movie. Um, and Sonic strands him on a on a mushroom planet at the end. And in the first post credit scene, he you know is full Eggman mode and he swears revenge and in the second post credit scene we are finally introduced to Tails who will show up in the forthcoming sequel. Along with Idris Elba's Knuckles. Um, yeah. I really kind of admire that in making a Sonic movie they did not go the route of trying to add something to whatever the canon was at the time they were writing it just like take something from the comics or do like a Star Wars extended universe thing they were like let's just make up something new <laughs> and have just and have so done. much olive garden like there were so many product placements in this movie that my brain i was like huh why is the big reward at the end of the movie a 50 dollar olive garden gift voucher that's barely one meal at olive garden first of <laughs> all <laughs> yeah and like I fucking think- what's his face is so excited about it also i really want to point out my main thought when i was watching this movie which is that Robotnik up until that post credit scene where he like shaves his head and like becomes Eggman mm-hmm. is the villain from Meet the Robinsons. Yeah. Because he keeps saying like, because I got bullied when I was a child. And so I made the fucker like eat through a straw. And like, you know, he's just like, he's just, it's, and he's like, I was an orphan. And I'm like, why is this just the bowler hat bad guy from Meet the Robinsons? I remember my first thought coming out of this movie is why is this tiny town in Colorado or whatever, or California? It was was Montana or some shit. Montana, yeah. Why is this little town in the middle of nowhere full of like male models? Yeah, (laughs) no, Sam said the same thing. He was like, why is everyone in this town so young? It's just hot dudes everywhere. (laughs) And like, Fucking Himboville. There's obviously there's 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 a certain kind of homoerotic thing going on with Eggman and his and his uh, his henchmen. Yeah, I when he when Eggman says pin yourself to the wall to him and he immediately goes for his own throne. <laughs> I was yeah. like, whoa. I love I I, <laughs> I I like that, but it's like, why is the Sonic movie so gay? <laughs> You know, like, like we love to see it, but why? 
the Sonic movie, there were just so many hot dudes. The the hot dude that's um the main guy's fucking like supervisor at the at the police station is unbelievably stupid. <laughs> it's such a weird little movie. In a lot of ways, it's pretty similar to Venom, I feel like, where it's like the, you know, the, the early critical thing was like, this isn't the, the this isn't good. I guess it's better than I thought it would be, but it's not right. And then like, you know, the the reaction from everyone in the audience was this is nuts <laughs> and you just have to like you, you just gotta hand it to them and that you know <laughs> that I, I having not watched it for this having not seen it I think since maybe I saw it once since it was in theaters but not that I remember I, I like it I'm a fan of, of it I think part of my thing was just that my brain was melting like as because every time that i thought i had a handle on what was going on they just this is the particular thing one of sonic's biggest sort of stupid little abilities is the same thing that mario has which is you jump on an enemy and it just sort of explodes this is one of the most like iconic little sonic things especially in the modern era it's the homing jump the thing where it's just a little target reticle and you press a and it'll jump to him and destroy it i kept expecting them to do this in this movie but they made it so that Sonic's only powers are go really fast and be Thor. And so he can't do anything. And so you put up against like this little fucking robot and he's just like punching it with his tiny little baby hands. <laughs> <laughs> like when he tries to break this glass bottle on this guy's head, he's just like, tink, 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 other fucking guy's head. It's like... <laughs> the current state of Sonic lore is that there's the movie timeline, which we're continuing to see expanded and maybe it'll come into something else later, but so far it's separate. There's the Forces IDW comic timeline, which builds off of the Generations timeline, which splits the timeline in two. (laughs) And really, it it, it kind of scales it down to where everything from before, like, lost world or whatever like, like, like everything from before a pretty recent point didn't happen and it's just the original games and this branching off thing that's there but also everything did happen and we just haven't said when it happened yet it's it's like this big game of chicken in the writer's room at sonic where they're just like what could we do next what's the most ridiculous thing that you think we could add next and see what happens yeah, and just a little bit about what the future holds for the Sonic timeline. Famine, plague, pestilence is what it holds. <laughs> That's right. Sonic 2 is coming to theaters next year. Robotnik returns to Earth with with Knuckles and Shadow at his side to find a powerful emerald, presumably the first of the Chaos Emeralds being brought into this. Um, Sonic his new friend Tails and his other new friend Amy team up to get the Emerald before Robotnik can. Also, Robotnik has renamed himself Eggman. They've set up an origin for the Eggman name once again. And yeah, that's what the movie has. There's a new Sonic animated series coming to Netflix next year that involves a journey of self-discovery through the multiverse. So we're bringing the multiverse shit back into it. Just do them all at once. Like, do every possible plot point all at once and just see what happens. Put them all in the same movie. Put fucking Jim Carrey. Put the multiverse. 
put i don't know bring bring bark the polar bear back yeah that's really what i hope for from the sonic netflix animated series is to just j- just destroy everything and say it all happened at <laughs> the same the same time same place <laughs> like like fucking this is all it all happened at the same time same place and like i don't know fucking conquer is there whatever yeah. <laughs> and Wreck-It Ralph. And Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Danica, Danica Patrick. <laughs> is the the Michelin Man. <laughs> yeah. Captain Kirk and Darth Vader, um, every single Power Ranger. Phyllis Preston, right. Phil- Theodore Logan. Fuck it. Just the whole, go down the whole ultimate showdown. Everyone is there. And finally, Sonic Team has teased a new 3D Sonic game to be released next year. Which scares me. Because every time that they're like, we have a new surprise cooked up for Sonic's anniversary, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, not again. No, no further information. It's always either like that shit where it's where, where they like they're like teasing something new and different or it's one of the things like kind of like forces where they just kind of drop it out of nowhere. <laughs> they're like, here you fucking go. <laughs> I think at this point, it's like. Sonic and Pokemon have this sort of thing at this point with their fan base where they're like, we have no further to fall. We know you're going to buy it because you like the fuzzy little animal. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's kind of a good state to be in for Sonic to if they're really at a point of like, we know we've we've hit the bottom and now we're just going to have fun with it and there are certain elements of that there are certain elements of forces and the idw comic where they're trying to make everything make sense again but like they've been having a little bit of fun with it in the 2010s and kind of doing these weird spinoff things like sonic boom where they didn't really intend for it to be part of the thing and like the you know doing colors and the you know i i would like to see then move in that direction of none of it means anything and we can say it's whatever we want it to be (laughs) yeah it's at this point they've explored like basically every direction that they could take it on every avenue but every like you know they've done super serious they've done sort of serious they've done just Mm -hmm. stupid knuckles for some reason has feminist opinions they've they've done like every major direction and I'm interested to see which of them that they want to keep doing at this point, because I do think that the one thing, because again, no one's liked a Sonic game other than Mania. Like most people just generally, they're all like critical flops. Like they never do well, but they sort of like generations and Mania and like colors kind of. Um, everyone just goes like, damn, this sucks, especially like crit- critics. The thing that's keeping the Sonic franchise alive at this point is the characters. <laughs> Because it's just sort of this loyalty to the characters, and so I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with the characters, and if they like continue like beating them into the ground, or if they like try to do something with it, or if they keep having them have one personality trait. Either way, it works. In addition to the part of me that's that that's like I want it to not mean anything. I don't want them to do whatever they want. There's a part the part of me that did all this research wants to formulate a timeline that every single sonic thing actually does fall into (laughs) and i don't i don't think there there there's certain things like adventures and and sonic underground where it's like a completely different story and there's the you know there's no real way to do it that's what i'm saying though is that at this point they've already set the precedent that classic sonic is just like a fucking guy like he's he's a different dude 
So why not have Jaleel Whitesonic just be a dude? Exactly. Yeah, that a new generations where it's like a couple of other generations, you know. Yeah, but now we start splitting the hairs, and it's so funny the concept that like Adventure Two Sonic has to interact with modern Sonic, and Adventure Two Sonic with is still with his stupid trait of uh, the infamous cutscene, at least as it runs unintentionally, where Sonic and Shadow cut each other off every sentence, and so it's just like Sonic's like. Oh yeah, we gotta go do that. That's right, Sonic. <laughs> I wasn't finished with my. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I. I think they. I, I would like to see them do some crazy shit, like the the dream reality of Sonic Shuffle and the storybook games is like it's like what tarantino says about how his movies are in the same universe but some of them are the movies within the movies of that universe where they're just like yeah all these sonic games are the same sonic but some of them are dream sonic (laughs) sonic (laughs) got paid 50 bucks to act in sonic (laughs) sonic shuffle in a community theater production <laughs> of Sonic Shuffle. Sonic, known patron of the arts, between defeating Eggman, decided it was important to go and get some experience in the theater. I could even see, as much as the RPG thing has never really worked out for Sonic, I could see a thing where, like, it's it's a world where Sonic's walking around and, like, Lumina Flowlight or, or Fang the Sniper or any of these fucking characters can just show up. Yeah, the fucking American little... Sniper, whatever, they show up. It doesn't matter. Like, it's... I, I feel like that's kind of what they wanted to do with 06, and then they had, like, no budget and no people because you could just, like, yeah. walk around and interact with people and be in the city, and it was fine, but then they had, like, no money. It would be nice to see them do that. I'm like half joking about the like Final Fantasy 14 thing, but like at this point, I they're almost a dead genre. But something multiplayer at this point wouldn't surprise me because at this point, just fucking whatever. Yeah, and it, I, I think a Sonic MMO could work. I feel like this is ju- this is the precursor to us falling into the same trap that so many studios and developers have fallen into before. Of like, we could do something kind of different with Sonic and make like, like get people interested again. You know, I think my my only line of reasoning for Sonic MMO is so it's just that beyond like angry video game nerds persona style like video game collectors and whatever the only people that really care about sonic anymore are furries (laughs) um and other anthropomorphic enthusiasts um and these people i i say this self-aware as somebody who draws a lot of anthro are terminally online so making something that's like a vr chat for sonic at this point it's just fuck it at this point what are you what do you have to lose? Every Sonic game that comes out feels like a money laundering scheme anyway. <laughs> that is a really interesting point that Sonic is kept alive by furries. So if you just give the furries what they want, you, you've struck gold. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing is that it might even still suck. But if you give da- like clothing options and like an actual robust character creator, you basically won. <laughs> like... Yeah, and and even the 
even the you know the the outside the sonic circle furries having a, a, an MMO with a really good furry character creator they'll get into sonic <laughs> imagine that suspiciously wealthy furries are what saved the sonic franchise this sounds like you know how that tetris movie this is coming out and it's about like the legal like the actual like development and legal side of tetris i feel like that in 20 years that's going to be that for sonic is a sort of biopic about how wealthy furries save the sonic franchise yeah, and 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 the Ben Schwartz Sonic from the movie is also there. <laughs> yeah, but he's a real person. Like it's about the yeah, developers, like, but um... like he's like there, and he's just like, "Wow, that's crazy." This reminds me when I went to Olive Garden. <laughs> I'm looking at thought... houses on Zillow right now. This <laughs> <laughs> fucking Zillow. I <laughs> I think of like um uh out of Jimmy's head or reanimated or any of these. There's a new one coming on Disney, but like any of these or maybe HBO, but any of these shows where it's like, uh, you know, normal teen or a normal adult and they're monkey bone, I guess is another one, but they're interacting with like cartoon characters who are in their imagination and they're like, <laughs> and they're like classic characters. I, I feel like that with Sonic and the wealthy furry who ends up saving the Sonic franchise is my, my ideal uh, next step for, for Sonic the Hedgehog. It's his Sonic Tulpa. It's his Sonic Tulpa that convinces him to save the Sonic franchise using his investment. Exactly. <laughs> this is too God, real. This... this is a thing that like could happen. It's Christian Bale in the big short. It's just like <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were putting forward that Christian Bale would play the suspiciously wealthy furry. Now my brain hurts. I I kinda am. I... <laughs> oh Christian no. Bale. In that same, like, kind of schlubby, you know, like, stock market guy role. <laughs> and he happens to be a furry who has a, a, a Sonic OC. <laughs> and I have the perfect name for it if he's this, you know, investment banker kind of guy. And it's Sonic and the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> That's his persona is the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Oh, man. Flan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> we and have, this horrible little rabbit hole that we've gone down. We've learned so much. Um, are there any, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before we sign off? Uh, plug, I do art. Uh, I... I draw. I don't draw Sonic. I should draw Sonic. It's very fun. Um, throw, throw up a Sonic just for the I'll, episode. <laughs> I'll throw up and then put Sonic on my Twitter. <laughs> Irrelevant things. <laughs> um, my no, main goal I'll, is to throw up and then act like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then act like I've never played a Sonic game. Um, no, I, I, I do art and my handle is voidbornflan if you want to check that out. And uh, yeah, other than that, I, I play video games. <laughs> and I, if you like hearing about them and you like hearing about my opinions of video games, I have that too. So thank you once again for joining me. Thank you to the people at home for listening. And we will see you next week with another very good episode. <laughs> thank you for coming. Fiction.
disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary.